Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my thoughts and sort of review of the Seraph Tower public event. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me right now live streaming. If you don't want to do that, you're watching in those other places. I appreciate that. YouTube, like, share, subscribe, the bell button. Also, if you want to listen to this podcast in audio format or podcast format, just look for SNTR Presents virtually everywhere. You'll find it. It's a little easier to listen to for people that like to listen to it as a podcast. So the Sarah Sarah Tower public event, if you watched my initial impressions of the season, I was kind of hard on it. Uh, I'm still going to be pretty critical in this video. I'm not all that pleased with how the event was rolled out. I think there could have been other things done just with structure and logistics and thought. So this is going to be a slightly critical video, but I am going to say I'm seeing potential in them doing more things like this sort of in the public space. Uh, that are more in line with something that can kind of come and go. It doesn't feel like somewhere you you go and travel to like Sundial. I think that is in their corner. This is something that's sort of changing the public space for a little bit, and then it'll go away. And I don't think people are going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they took that away. It's a little bit different than Sundial. Sundial was a match-made activity. You went there, um, and having that leave, I think, was a little bit more painful. It would have been like Menagerie suddenly leaving. So, first I want to ask the question, why 980? Then I want to ask the question, why balls? Really? Why balls? Anyway, uh, lastly, I want to say potential. I want to talk about the potential of events like this, and how I think the event is, it's good, but there are things about that I'm not a huge fan of. So, why 980? A lot of people have misunderstood my criticism of the event being 980. They, they think that I'm arguing for myself. Oh, you, you would just play casually now. You just want things to be easy. My thought process on Y980 was not in reference to myself. We're now just, you know, a week and a half in, and my hunter is easily at the delta of the event. You know, I booted him up today, I grabbed some things from a a plus zero vendor, and he's well over 980, my artifact's a plus eight, okay? So I wasn't arguing for myself. It was irritating day one, but I knew, like, I'm gonna keep playing, and I'll level up, and the event will get easier. That That was not my concern. My concern with making the event 980 had more to do with accessibility and the entrance to the content. I believe that if Bungie is going to be doing $10 content every three months, there needs to be a really solid entrance point week one, you know, day one launch. It's, I don't think it's a secret that you look in, at the structure of the content and the season pass. They really try to make this everything feel front heavy. You get a lot of stuff right off the rip. You're getting a box of you know of armor. You're getting all this stuff on the season pass. If you go to the season pass, it's not hard to see that when you're below levels you know 29 and down on the season pass, it's a lot fuller and a lot more. It's a lot thicker, giggity. So. It's a front-heavy season model, and I don't think that jives very well with basically being told, welcome back, you may have taken a break or haven't been playing for a while, you have to go level before you can really enjoy this content. 980 wasn't terrible, but it also wasn't enjoyable either. It wasn't very fun to see swords and skulls in the public space. So, and I know people want to push back, and like, well, it should be a little bit challenging, it should be a little bit hard. The, the, the biggest problem with that argument is, it's only like that for a week or two for most of the players arguing for that. They're like, oh, it should be a little challenging, it should be a little hard. For what, a week or two? Like, you're going to get to the Delta. I, I wasn't even trying to level, and I'm at the Delta of the 980 in a week. It's not, a, it's not maintaining some, some value of being challenging for very long. And I know the bosses are higher level than 980. You get to the end, they're like 1,000. But the bosses are honestly the easiest part of the event because you're not having to do anything smart. It's just basically spamming them with damage. And usually there's five or six people in the area. So they just get absolutely baked, even though they're over... I'm seeing skulls on them and sores right now, even though I'm 980. 
So I, I think that they should have thought about that in future seasons whatever the main entrance point is whatever that main low hanging you know content loop is i don't think it should require you to level up i feel like they learned this lesson i'm still concerned i am still concerned oh apparently the bosses are 10:30 at the end yeah and even at 10:30 they get absolutely destroyed cuz it's just a solo target getting baked with damage the, the problem with the, the the event itself is is related i think to some of the mechanics as well and how they've set it up. So I want to transition to talking about why why balls. <laughs> I know people are sick of throwing balls, and anytime we talk about these events, we have to talk about grabbing and throwing balls, which obviously is a, a little humorous. But I really think like Scorch Cannons or the Valkyrie Javelin would have gone a lot further. I know you can spawn the Valkyrie and use it, but if it's a, it's a square, right? I think it would have been really cool when you protect it long enough if the Javelins the Valkyries would have come up out of the four corners of the platform to be grabbed or four Scorch Cannons or something and then you use those to, to charge it up you're throwing them at the thing and you know you're ch- maybe the better you charge up the you know the Scorch Cannon the more that you know the further that it goes the more power you're feeding it that would have been a little bit better I think people are just tired of throwing balls at this point so that would have been maybe even more thematic it's Warmind Wrath of the Machine had Scorch Cannons we got the Valkyrie introduced during the Warmind DLC it would have been a little bit better, I think, to do that. Now, outside of that, I just think, like, the structure of the content, the structure of the actual event could have used some tweaking as well. There's some really good strategies emerging. Like, this morning, what we were doing is when you go to the first tower, it's the easiest to defend. I took all all, all six got grabbed and thrown, and I held on to mine just in case, and I watched. Because if somebody messes up, I'm going to throw mine. So I held on to mine, and once I saw a five hit, I knew if I threw mine, it was going to complete it. I threw mine into the ground. I did intentional grounding, right? And I did this because the first tower is so easy to defend, we're going to get another six. Now somebody throws one, and we have a five surplus to carry to the next tower. And that surplus, basically, we had that surplus every time, all the way to 86, where you're on, like, the last one. It helped out significantly, because if anybody makes a mistake from that point on, you got some dum-dum in the place, or a troll who's grabbing them and throwing them in the wrong place... No worries. You always have those extras to carry to the next one, and it really made it go a a whole lot smoother. But I still think there's some things they could have done. Number one, a visual indicator would not have been that big of a deal. It really would not have... uh, Yeah, like missing a ball on Vosik, right? You break his shield and damage him at the same time. I remember doing that. Uh, It's... A visual indicator would not have made this account, either this event, trivialized or too easy or, or silly. It would have been like, no, it, that's where you're supposed to throw it. I also think tracking, uh, you know, when it kind of grabs on like you do in the, um, the, 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 what's the fight? I can't, I, I'm thinking of Vosik now because you said Vosik and Vosik's in my head. The, the fight where you're throwing the balls at the crystals, it tracks and grabs on. That strike is got that mechanic built into it. I think some basic tracking and a visual indicator, yeah, the Nakra strike, would have gone a long way, and and maybe not even having them explode when they hit something, having them kind of bounce on the ground would be nice as well. I've had enemies get in the way, I've had players get in the way, you know, and the thing blows up in your face, you're like, oh great, now we have to go another round. The structure of the actual event can be pretty frustrating. Another really good tip is to use swords push the boss, have one person with a sword pushing that boss, every tower has like a mini boss that lands, a major that eventually becomes a mini boss 
as you know the further you go and just stun lock the frick out of him with rapid hits and then he doesn't get to the plate the, the, the cabal will jump like Michael Jordan off the foul line I mean they're just jumping from forever away they land on the platform right when you're about to get all six and then you only get two and that's a great way to keep them off another good tip is if you fully charge it and you're getting ready to go to the next one, and there is a mini-boss on the previous tower, don't kill him. He's going to follow you to the next tower. If you keep stun-logging him at the old tower, it makes the next tower so much easier. They don't get a mini-boss to spawn. He has a hard time getting there. By the time he dies, you've got your six. If you're combining that strategy with the surplus strategy, it's a very, very streamlined event. I still think the way they've structured it is really annoying. If you don't follow this, if you're not with a good group, one person can ruin it by chucking a ball the wrong way, and now you got to stay at the tower twice as long. The bosses can teleport when it's fallen or jump super far when it's cabal, and they land right at the right moment, and they block you from getting as you know the the maximum amount of balls out of it. Which I I, I think that some of that's just kind of like. They're just kind of slapping these events together and everybody's focused on standing on the plate so all the aggro gets drawn to the plate. Teams that kind of fan out and push out slows the enemy approach down because they stop to fight or swing at you or melee and it really slows down their approach. So fan out a little bit. Don't just plant on the plate. Again, that's something that visual indicators would help with. Everybody's kind of focused on standing on the plate and then they're actually just drawing all the enemies there a little bit faster. Lastly, I want to talk about potential. I actually... When it's running smoothly, I enjoy the event. It's quick, it's fun, and when the strategy's working, you kind of feel a sense of accomplishment. Man, we're moving, we're grooving, it's going quickly, and that's nice because then you're getting your bounties done faster, you're getting your drops done faster. An event that sort of has baked within it, it gets elongated when you're playing with somebody that's bad or not paying attention, or maybe there's nobody in the area. I think those two things need addressed future instances that are like this that are going to be in the public space should probably have matchmaking and like they did with the forges you walk up you hit the thing and then it match makes you in and you can do that with a fire team of three i think going forward they should do that because it can be pretty frustrating if nobody's in your instance you're like where is everybody uh, it can also be pretty frustrating to have one dumb dumb in the group who keeps messing up and you got to stay at each tower It doesn't translate into difficulty or challenge. It's just irritating. It's like, I want to move on to the next thing. I want to go and finish this bounty. I want to go and do something else. And you're making the event take longer by playing poorly. You're not making the event harder. It's just more time ticking away on whatever it is you you would like to do next. So I think... It keeps it fresh because the enemies rotate. I think that, you know, the if the round, uh, the boss round as well, not knowing what the champion mod is, that can be a little irritating. We kept getting unstoppable today, and I had overloaded anti-barrier. I didn't have a gun with me for unstoppable. It'd be kind of nice to maybe know ahead of time. There'd be a way to tell us. People are like, well, if you pay attention to the majors, you can memorize what mods are coming. There's a few things I think that if they would tweak it, it would make it run a little bit smoother. I like the idea of a public event thing happening and then kind of going away. I think that's a a little bit more tolerable with respect to events coming and leaving every season but by and large i think this event is shaky i don't think it's as good as sundial i honestly don't even think it's as good as vex offensive i think it can be really frustrating uh, it can be really confusing beleaguered by one or two people um and it being in the public space at 980 to start the season off i don't think it was a good choice either so i think they i think there's some lessons they can learn here to make this type of content better in the future because this doesn't seem like a home run to me as always we're going to transition to q a next if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always come in and watch me live and as always please like share and subscribe
Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk, or Q&A, I'm sorry, about the Seraph Tower public event. Uh, the Q&A that followed it, and we talked about the event, kind of walked through different things about it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, uh, you can always catch me live, or if you're on YouTube, you can hit like, share, subscribe, and the little bell button. We're going to jump right into the questions here. Uh, Lord of Time says, do you think that we will be able to generate Warmind bits later in the season, like Fractaline with the Tower Obelisk? You're not going to suddenly not be able to generate them or make them. They're part of the season. It's the part of the seasonal currency, just like Fractaline was. You can always be grabbing the dailies, the weeklies, the repeatables. And I don't know if there'll be a reason to have a surplus of the currency after the uh, sort of the beginning. You know, once we get on the back end of the season, I don't know if it's going to play a part in Guardian Games. Guardian Games has like a a thing in the tower and there's almost like these moat banking little sections. It looks like there's one for each uh, class. Uh, Titan is red. uh, The warlock is yellow and the hunter is blue. I don't know. Maybe we'll be banking our... Uh, our war mine bits in the tower I don't know I mean if it's another event where we're just taking a ton of currency and standing in the tower and shoving into something to get a bunch of loot out I think they're probably well aware at this time that that's a little too much of a good thing we may have that though the next two seasons Luke Smith seemed to indicate in his director's cut that some of the things they're realizing you're going to start to see that shift next year year four starting in September they sort of set an ethos and a trajectory for the year so don't expect like bounty XP to be changed anytime soon don't expect you know a heavy reliance on currency at the end of the season for a, for a, you know a, a community event to be that different you know they're not going to make all these mid midstream changes because most of what's being built is already done or being built or being worked on and then they can sort of meet and set the vision for year four and adjust some of those things you know luke talks about how xp grinding and just going back and forth in a lost sector that's not ideal they're probably going to address that in september sunsetting of weapons refueling aspiration these are things that probably won't really see evident we won't see evidence of it until september and beyond and so for me, generating the Warmind bits later in the season will probably be a thing. It'll probably be like the Fractaline. Uh, and part of me thinks they're doing this because the content's limited and they want to be ultra, ultra generous near the end of the season. So no one can be like, I never had a chance to get such and such a weapon. Another thing Luke Smith indicated in his director's cut is we don't want to keep doing FOMO. He says there's too much FOMO. That stands for fear of missing out. There's too much FOMO, and I think he's more wanting to focus on uh, reinvigorating existing uh, core activities as opposed to bringing something and having it leave every season, which would likely also then play a role with generosity. If the if the if the content's not leaving every season and neither is the gear, it somehow sticks around. Well, then they don't need to go nuts where you're getting literally hundreds of a weapon by the end of the season. Right now, they're sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place. If the if the content's limited as well as the guns to this season, they they kind of have to be ultra generous with the drops, or people are going to get near the end and kind of be panicking. Like, oh, I didn't get a good machine gun, and you're about to take it out of the game. Which, by the way, I think the machine gun's going to be one of the better weapons this season. It can roll with Vorpal or... Uh, firing line on the last slot. That's going to be probably pretty strong for a machine gun. And that's kind of where they are now. So if we're generating bits throughout the season and you end up with a surplus and you end up spending those, you know, that surplus near the end of the season, I could definitely see them going this route of having Guardian Games be sort of this 
you're just generating a giant amount and getting tons and tons of rewards uh, over and over and over again. That was kind of how the last season ended. And I liked it. I liked the way that that felt. It kind of felt like a, a, a send-off to the season, just sort of getting buried in loot before it came to an end. Parasito. At what point will Bungie let patrol zones be more than three-player fire teams? They gave us EP and Blind Well, and we complained then. I've noticed the same thing recently. This is one of the times where I I don't necessarily agree with their philosophy about the public space, and I said similar things during Escalation Protocol. And I remember I, I sent out a tweet, and Chris Barrett even liked the tweet, so I, wasn't, I don't think I was like out of my head when I said this. I said we need to stop romanticizing what might happen in the public space and just empower people to have a dope time. So I don't think this event should be I think this event should be match made. I think it could stay as three man fire teams the way they did with forges and then you could be in there with another two three man fire teams so nine people and that'd be awesome. And then if you're a solo player no worries, we need solo players to gap fill anyway. Um so I don't necessarily take issue with the three-man fire team. I actually take issue with the lack of matchmaking. It's no secret that that was one of the primary that was one of the primary complaints about Escalation Protocol, and they they fixed that with forges. Oh, we're going to do something kind of in the public space. You're going to drive up to it, and then you're going to hold down X and matchmake. They do that with adventures. They do that with lost sectors. Now I'm sorry, adventures and lost sectors don't matchmake, but they did it with the forges, and now you can matchmake into forges from orbit. So to me, I I don't like the idea that they want to have this sense of, oh, there's just people around and you do it. Yeah, but why? I remember Vex invasions on the moon seeing complaints from people. They're like, I'm trying to do the Vex invasion on the moon and no one's in my area. So I'm having a really hard time doing it, completing it and summoning that world boss because that world boss was a powerful drop. Um, So whenever I look at the public space, I see it as the lowest hanging fruit in the game. It all honestly it feels like it's fruit on the ground. It's not even low hanging fruit. Like it's literally on the ground. It is run around, do patrols, do public events, and that's pretty much it. And then up from that, like the step up from that would be like an adventure, and then a step up from that would be strikes. And somewhere in that spectrum, I feel that a match made public event is in there. Escalation protocol and this I feel should just both be match made. Fire team of three, no worries. Listen, I mean, you can probably time it with another group of your friends, hop in Discord or an Xbox party or whatever, and you can probably try and matchmake at the same time and, and likely end up in the same instance. I mean, I could see that being a thing, especially if you're in the same region. For me, that's always been my attitude, though. It's why I didn't like them setting it at 980. My attitude is always the entrance point should be accessible, fun, and just like go in and do it. And then beyond that, you can have all the aspirational hard stuff, the thousand level legendary lost sectors, the 1030 Grandmaster Nightfalls, or no, I'm sorry, they're 1060. I'm fine with stuff out there out of reach, but there needs to be sort of an entrance, you know, the opener. It's like when it's like when you sit down at a restaurant. People love my food analogy. It's like when you sit down at a restaurant, and the first thing they do is they bring you the water, and they bring you the bread, or if it's, or if it's a Mexican restaurant, here's the water, and here's chips and salsa. Like that just kind of gets you in the mood to eat. You feel you you know you feel good. Nothing's worse than when you go to a restaurant and someone's like, your waiter will be right with you, and you're like, oh thank you, and you sit there 
with no water, no bread, no nothing for a long period of time. You're like, what is this? Do they even want my business? That's what it feels like when the content's out of reach. Like you got to go level and go do all this other stuff. It's like, you just need to have that like low hanging boom. Here's the entrance point. Do this fun thing. Welcome to the new season. There needs to be that bread and water on the table as soon, as soon as it starts. So your day one, you're just jumping in. And I feel like they know this. So I'm I, this, this season, I think, is a little more confusing to me. I don't think you can blame this on parallel development again. They knew this during Black Armory. They knew this when Escalation Protocol was really, really high level. Um, they know that people don't like coming back to a new season and not being able to do the new thing and having to go run old stuff to level. It's okay to incorporate old stuff, but let me do the new thing before that kind of starts to, oh, I I still need to level if I want to do some of these other things. If I want to do a legendary lost sector, I need to go level. I'm not sure what happened. Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe they're like, oh, we got to bump it by 40 because Luke wants to do sunsetting. Let's test leveling every season to see how the community responds. Let's see how leveling patterns go in the community. Where's everybody clustering in week one, two, three, four, and beyond? And if it's still too, uh, too slow as a leveling process, we can look at tweaking that. I think they're getting ready for a 40 bump every season for sunsetting, and that's fine. I'm wondering if when they pulled the trigger on that, it had a ripple effect in the game because Nightmare Hunts got raised Nightfalls got raised and then the public event thing is 980 and I'm like what on earth it could have been like just an oversight well you didn't really need to raise the public event to 980 it could have stayed at like a nine, a 900 or something because people are going to get to 950 without breaking a sweat and most people playing the game are probably in low to mid 900s anyway the reason given how blueberries are having trouble completing the event is it fair to say that Bungie are handicapped when it comes to making seasonal activities? Well, this feels like a non sequitur. I'm not connecting the beginning of your thought to the end of your thought. I don't know why Bungie's handicapped. I mean, oh, no, I understand. You're, you're just missing. You're, you're just not, I'm connecting the dots. You're basically saying, is the low skill floor of blueberries handicapping Bungie from making it? Whoop, I bumped the mic. From making an activity that's slightly complicated. I think that's what your that's that's your logical train of thought here. Is the lower end of the spectrum player pool is handicapping what Bungie can do. Yes, exactly. Okay, thank you. That's your thoughts. Listen, I I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I don't think it's a problem. They can do Grandmaster Nightfalls, Legendary Lost Sectors, Dungeons. There I think there's going to be a hidden dungeon this season with that slug thrower, that exotic cabal slug thrower. I mean, they can make that stuff that's more complicated. Do, do hardcore players are I I just genuinely am I'm I'm curious here. If you're a more hardcore player, do you find that public event more satisfying because there's no visual indicators and no tracking on ball throwing? Is it like better for you because of that? I highly doubt it. You're not like, oh man, it's such a better experience because they laced it with some confusion and lack of direction. No, it's not making your experience better. All it's doing is confusing Johnny No Thumbs, and so he messes your event up, and it takes longer. As a hardcore player, you likely want the event to go smoother. So to me, it's like... I don't think there needs to be any level of complexity for entry-level content. Vex Offensive, Sundial, and the Sarah Public Events don't need any layer of complexity. Just make them simple. It's just meat and potatoes content. It's like a strike. No one needs to tell you what to do in a strike. It's just point A 
to, to point B. You know what I'm saying? Match made content just needs to be, just do it. And this is essentially match made content. It's you and two other people at most, and then just hoping people in the area are, you know, are there. So to me, you're like, oh, is it handicapping them? No, I think they're getting taught a pretty clear lesson here. You, you, you can't, you shouldn't make content that lacks direction. I, Luke Smith talked about this in his first director's cut. Menagerie visually educates the player about what they're supposed to do. It's not like a raid where everyone's standing around being like, what the frick do we do? I don't know. Try standing on that. Try shooting that. Try, st-, you know, and in this, and in you go to the menagerie and there's visual indicators. Go here, do this. You stand on the thing, kill the wizard, go grab the ball, bring it back. You don't have to think. It's just the game is kind of like, come on, come on, everybody hold hands. We're going to the bathroom in kindergarten. Like it's just kind of pulling you along. I'm not trying to insult anybody here, but I mean, that's what it does. It kind of holds your hand. It kind of leads you down the pathway. And I I even felt like, amazingly enough, Menagerie got really frustrating if you didn't go in with a full team after Bungie fixed the glitch. Because after Bungie fixed the glitch, all the hardcore players vacated the player base and you were left playing with the more casual players. And it took longer and it seemed like nobody knew their head from their elbow. And it's like, what the frick is going on? And... You know, I, 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 I would never read this as a handicap. I would read it as just another hard lesson that they've learned. Don't make entrance level content one something you have to level for, and don't make it even remotely complex. If you want us throwing balls at a target, that's totally fine. Have a visual indicator and put tracking on the ball, and don't have it blow up when a drag jumps in front of me or something like there's a handful of things they could have done to make this less painful the balls don't blow up in the forges and there's balls that we throw in different places that track I, I just I don't know it and I think Eugene's encapsulating it pretty well in, in classic in classic Eugene fashion he says I don't think anyone's complaining it's difficult we're complaining that stupid people can ruin the event and waste my <laughs> effing time that's exactly what my point is I talked about that this morning I said the way that it's designed if something gets messed up, I'm not like, oh man, this is so hard. It's, oh man, it's going to take longer. Great. I'm so glad that that guy's here who keeps grabbing the balls and throwing them into the ground. You know, thanks for being here, Steve. You know, it's like the, the, the structure of the content is good, but what brings failure or what slows things down I just don't think it's necessary. I, you know, I just... It's like when you're trying to get heroic public events for a bounty. If you're working on, like, a particular bounty. Like, when we were trying to get heroic walker events for the captains last season, and there was always, every single time, I'd be about to turn it heroic, and Johnny Sweatband public event try-hard troll comes strutting into the public event and nukes the walker, and I don't get to go heroic. Well, that's infuriating. You're like, dude, I was just about to finish this. We were just about to turn it heroic. Get out of here. We're in a similar scenario now. It's like, here, here he comes. Here, here comes no thumbs, no thumbs Johnny. He doesn't know what he's doing, and he keeps throwing the balls into the ground. You know, and it's like he has the power to ruin the event for you. It take, it's going to take way longer every time. That's why I told people to do the surplus strategy. The surplus strategy protects you from Johnny No Thumbs. The very first plate, when there's six, grab one and wait. If all five hit and you're number six, throw it into the ground. 
Okay, people might be like, why would you do that? Because the first one is super easy to defend and you're going to get six more and you only need one. So you start immediately with a five surplus to take to the next one to cushion and protect you from a bad player who keeps messing up. If you're holding number six and only four hit because somebody misses, no problem. Throw your fifth. You're in the you're, you're you're in the same scenario. You've got a five surplus to carry to the next one. The first plate is the easiest to defend, and that's going to protect you a little bit from the guys that wander into there and just start grabbing the balls and throwing them at the enemies or whatever. Um, not to mention, I've played with competent players. I've played with players that I raid with who have missed when they throw it. <laughs> They're like, they throw it and they just whiff because it moves and doesn't track. Um, it, it has a proximity explosion, so that's kind of nice. But I would say if you're getting frustrated by it, I resonate with you. I think they should have done something, a few things differently about it. But the best way you can do to protect your experience, best thing you can do is do the surplus strategy because the first one you know the first one's going to give you that that ability to defend easier and constantly carry five forward and when you're always carrying five forward it's going to make uh it's going to make a big big difference in your experience strike strike for dough with the zero hour and whisper quest bugged do you think that that was intended by bungie and if not do you think that they will leave it be for guardians that have finished those encounters I mean, I don't think it's a front burner issue. I really, really don't. I don't think it's a front burner issue. I think that it'll get addressed, but they've got bigger problems. There's constant errors right now, getting kicked to orbit. I can't run legendary lost sectors with my buddies. Somebody always DCs and gets kicked to orbit. The error codes right now, that is priority one in my mind. They got a patch today to disable the artifact in Trials. Awesome, cool, great. I hope Trials continues to be you know, a fun experience, quick matchmaking and bans for all the cheating scum. And then the next order of business is we got to fix these error codes. It is, this is the, I'm, and, I'm, and I mean this, I'm not being, I'm not trying to be like hyperbolic and mean. This is the worst the game has ever felt with respect to disconnects and error codes. You know, is absolutely the worst. So I, they've got to do something. It, I think I think addressing Whisper and Zero Hour is way, way, way down on the list. Might not even be on the list right now. Yeah, I mean, Ghostface is saying it like Gambit's like unplayable. Um, it's unfortunate. I think this is indicative of the fact or symptomatic of the fact that they are stretched very thin right now. I think they lost bandwidth by losing Activision and they are trying to crank out so much content. And somebody said it yesterday. It might have been, was it Coach? I forget who said it yesterday. They feel that this is related to them constantly putting in content and removing content. It's just creating instability in the game. I don't think that's the only reason, but that's likely one of the reasons why this is happening. And it is frustrating. Even if you're enjoying the content, I'm like, I'm just trying to run Legendary Lost Sectors with my buddies, and we can't freaking stay in a group. Um, The boat has holes in it. They need to fix the holes before it sinks the ship. Air codes hurt more than crappy content exactly exactly because people might say oh yeah i'll put up with it it's not that bad this this content's pretty good you know my friends are complaining but i kind of like it but if you're constantly getting error codes i would be really worried about the player population um let's check it i haven't checked it i didn't check it for yesterday 
The player population's going up. It was 1.37 million, now it's 1.38. PvE was 1.22, and then it was 1.26. So, um, if dude, I'm telling you, if I was wrong about this season and the PvE numbers stay solid and strong, then I, I will, I will, uh, I'll, I'll concede that I was wrong. Crucible's uh, around 600,000 for both days. So, I don't know. D3 on the horizon? No, not at all. They're introducing sunsetting this year, which means you're not going to get D3 next year either. 2021? No. Because why... I've used this logic before. If they're going to introduce sunsetting this September, which means in 12 to 15 months, your guns will be sunset. They don't need to sunset your weapon 12 to 15 months later if they're doing Destiny 3. Destiny 3 is not landing until 2022 at the earliest. Sunsetting is what is taking a weapon's ability to be infused and capping it. So after a year to 15 months, you can't do it anymore. There's no reason for that systematic change if in the back of their mind they know in 2021 they're delivering D3. There's no reason to introduce sunsetting now. Absolutely none. There's only a thin chance they would do it now as like that would serve as the transition into the next game and then you'd be accustomed to sunsetting, but I think that that is highly unlikely. Eugene says the PS4 population is the biggest again. Really? Hmm. Parasito. What can Bungie do to mitigate the weak link problem presented by blueberries through one uh, through open instancing of public events? There's three things I think they could do, all of them, or at least some of them. Number one, visual indicators would help. When you pick up the ball, it like shows you what, where to throw it. Okay, Visual indicator, number one, why not? Tracking on the ball, number two. The ball not exploding when you throw it, number three. You could do some or all of those, and that would help. Now... If it still shows up to be a problem, if like Bungie's tracking it and they're like, yeah, we're still seeing a significant number of failures in the public space and it does seem that people are trolling. We're seeing players picking up the balls and, and not doing anything with them or, or, or never getting used. There's a, there's, a, there's a consistent sixth ball weak chain problem. There's always that sixth one um, that, that gets jacked up. I would say they could just lower it to needing four instead of six people that are telling you oh if you throw them all at the same time you get a boost i have seen zero evidence to prove that zero evidence to prove that true i think people are getting tricked by the surplus the carryover from the last section moves it out and then you see two or three hit it and it finishes and they're like look at that no there was a surplus on there that's why you think you're getting more energy from from timing the throws i've seen multiple balls hit at the same time and i have never i have never ever seen it move more than it should it always requires all six balls I would lower the requirement to four just so there's a little bit of room for error there. If you do have a dum-dum in there, you do now that would completely disrupt my, my surplus strategy, but you wouldn't really need the surplus strategy. If you only needed four every time my surplus strategy, a lot of the times is, you know, you need two or three, you know, maybe four or whatever. So my, my opinion on the best primary for PVP, the Suros regime, <laughs> the for forget all the hard light forget all the hard light hubbub it's the Suros uh, Fairy HD 
I have seen streamers and YouTube videos of people complaining that they are pulling the trigger, but nothing happens. This has been happening to me all season. Do you know anything about this or am I going crazy? This is the first I've heard about this. I have no idea. GM Stafford. What do you think about Seraph Towers being an open world event instead of a queuable mode with a power requirement? I was in a Seraph Tower event yesterday and there was a 756 power character entered the area while a 980 power public event was going on. He left really fast. I don't think that's supposed to happen that often. The instance, it seems to try, it seems like there's a background, um, people in chat are saying that happens to me all the time, happened to me for a year now. I thought my controller was messing up. You're literally pulling the trigger, nothing happens. I've had that happen a bunch. It seems like weapons with quick draw are swapping fast, but they're still not ready. Oh, I don't run a lot of quick draw weapons. Maybe that's why I'm not noticing it. I've never had that happen to me. Um, mostly after sprinting. Sounds like it's a it's a readying glitch that I'm not privy to because it doesn't... I also don't play PvP, so I'm not in an environment where that's happening a lot. So... To your question, though, GM Stafford, I do feel like there's low-level matchmaking kind of going on for the instance because I... I go in and I'm like, oh, there's nothing going on. There's one or two people standing here and I can go hit the flag. I feel like nine times out of 10, whenever I get there, it's not happening yet. And then there's a flag for me to hit. So I don't know if that's some form of matchmaking. If Bungie hasn't done that, then I'm just really getting lucky. And if they have done that, then maybe they should try to like, you know, keep 750 characters, keep people under 950 out, you know? I've had that happen too. I pull the trigger and nothing happens. Yeah, it sounds like something weird in the game. I've never had that happen to me. Parasito, do we know a Bungie changed netcode across the board? I find it hard to imagine that PC changes affected console, but knowing how much spaghetti there is, it can be the netcode. It's still surprising there's as many connection problems as there are. I actually have no idea, Paris. I have no clue. As far as I know, what they did to to mitigate DDoSing on PC happens on Steam's side of things, which I don't know why that would affect console and PS4, especially given that the PC version being on Steam, the backbone, some of the social netcode has to be different for the the PC version. Because your PC... Because when you're on PC, you have... Uh, a completely different form for the friends list, a completely different way that the invitations work, and all of that. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I got a bunch of subs to thank. 14 months from the duck. Uh, thank you very much. Stevie Mike with 38 months. Um, deployment was supposed to end soon, uh, but I got extended a couple months. Thanks for the great content. Oh, well, I'm sorry that happened to you, man. Um, thank you again for your service, Stevie Mike. I'm a bum that you got you, you got extended like that. Stay safe. 38 months from you. Clopas with 22 months. Probably won't see this because you're doing a great job with Q&A, but I've been able to watch you more because uh, of a break from school. I appreciate that. I am doing... I just, I'm here for you guys every day. I know we're in a bad spot right now, but we'll get through this. Jack Jack Gogo with 15 months and a brand new sub from Alansari. Thank you so much. Enjoy the dope badge emotes and the ad-free viewing. Um... I honestly don't know, Paris. I I don't see why it would happen. I, I again, I I think that the, the the theory yesterday about putting stuff in and taking stuff out is causing instability is probably closer to the mark. 
then the net code changes for Steam. The code really wouldn't have changed since Shadowkeep, but the channels that the traffic uses would change. But only on PC, right? Because you, as far as your interchange with Microsoft for social behavior and matchmaking, and same with PlayStation, should be completely unaffected by what they did on Steam. I, I don't see how. I don't see how what they did on Steam would have affected your interchange with Microsoft's ba- like that infrastructure that they've built for Destiny to plug into your Xbox friends list. I can't see that being affected by the Steam changes. Um, four months from Ghost. Congrats on the new home loan. Oh, my fiance and I are starting house hunting. Oh, thank you. Thank you for four months as well. It's Truds. Between the Seraph Towers and the Warmind Bunker clearance, which one do you prefer running as a repeatable event and why? Well, bunkers are pretty quick and they're nostalgic feeling. I actually like that every day. I don't know about you, but there's something about the ritual there that I actually enjoy. I think the bunker daily ritual was a good call. Maybe that's just my primary opinion on that. There might be a lot of people that think it's maybe you guys think it's stupid. I think it's cool. It's it it reminds me of D1. It's just a daily thing to kind of do to start the day. Um and then you go do your legendary lost sectors, you know, you got your bounties. I think it really adds to the daily ritual, which I think is a good thing to do cuz that's kind of it keeps things fresh. Um, I wish you could do the bunker clearing on all the characters. That I would agree with. I did feel like a sense of dissonance when I grabbed my other character and I was like, oh, the bunker's already cleared. You know? I wasn't like mad, but I was like, well, that's kind of weird. What? Why wouldn't I do it on each character? But I guess, you know, it's it's account-wide. You know, I don't know. Going into the bunker is cooler than the pub. Yeah, the bunker, the bunker also does. Yeah, there's something more fun about it. Now, maybe because it's quicker. I, here's the problem, okay? I'm going to explain to you the problem. I just thought of this. I should have included this in my video. Do you know, you want to know the problem with the Seraph public event when compared to Sundial? There's no, there's almost no variety. If every tower was different, like take my idea with Scorch Cannons and Valkyrie Javelins. If every tower was different, where, oh, this one's the tower, this one's the Valkyrie Javelin, this one's the Scorch Cannon, and you had something slightly different to do. Now, that might be too complex for the public space, but at least in Sundial, it was like, do this event, okay? Now, this event's totally different than the last one. Now, this event's totally different than the last one. This one's got, like, a Hammer of Dawn. This one's got this. This one's got that. This public event just feels like a meat grinder. It's protect the tower, throw, 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 protect the tower throw and protect the tower throw and you're like oh my gosh like is that it i think that's the problem is the range of experience on seraph tower public events is way way more narrow than what we got to experience in vex offensive and sundial it's there's zero variety now it is nice to be it's cabal this week on edz instead of fallen and that's nice to have that change but I think the bunkers are more enjoyable because the bunkers are linear. You go from this room to this room to this room, final room, summon robot, kill bosses, kill champions, done. It's a do- it's it's like there's this sequential order instead of just you did this, do it again over here, do it again over here, do it again over here. Circle, circle. Oh, I'm gonna beat my head against the wall. Do you understand? Like I 
Vex Offensive was underrated. I liked it. Just needed a hard mode. I could agree with that. Vex Offensive was generous. It was fun. It was bombastic. I think the environments were cool. It was linear. You kind of move forward. Um, I don't know. Another reason that they should consider... That's just more feedback for them to consider is that this is... If I'm going to repeat it, if it's going to be the main meat and potatoes, I'm going to repeat it. I know people were like, and I know Dado said this too. He's like, if every season we're going to be putting up with like Menagerie 2.0 for three months, that's going to get old. I don't disagree with that sentimentality, but what we got is is almost like a record skipping. It's like, yet, yet, yet. It's like, it just keeps do it, do it. It's like, we're just doing the same thing instead of, oh, I don't like the Hammer of Dawn activity. Well, no worries. It's one of three activities in Sundial, well, one of four or something, and then you get to the boss, and the boss fight's all different. And then, and I think Inatam was a success compared to Undying Mine. It was actually a pretty good boss fight. Uh, so there's a sense of movement. There's a sense of like, oh, you're you know you're going forward uh, instead of you just we're just running in a circle in the public space. So I think that's just good feedback for Bungie. Like, I don't think we want Menagerie 2.0 every season, but we also don't want a big giant circle. Even Escalation Protocol, there was some variety. Like, it, it was the bosses were different in each section of Wave, right? Escalation Protocol, each section there was a little bit of a different boss. You had the one boss where the wizard was like healing the knights. Then you had the boss where it was just a, a, a wizard that was really strong. Then there was the public event war sat. Then the the final boss there was like four or five different final bosses. Um, you see what I'm saying? So even with that, it felt a little bit different. This is just like the same thing over and over and over again. And then you get to the end, and you're like. Oh, it's unstoppable? Oh, well, frick, I don't have unstoppable. Let me go into my inventory and change it. That's another thing that I think just kind of adds to the the monotony. I see an enemy that I can't... There was actually... There were seven bosses for EP? Wow. That's... I didn't know that. That's a lot of bosses. Are you sure about that? I don't think that's right. I don't think there's seven bosses for EP. There's the knight with the swords. There's the ogre that heals himself. There's the wizard... And then there's like two more I'm blanking on. I don't think that there's seven. I think there's five because of the armor pieces. It was one. It's one for every armor piece. I'm for, I'm forgetting a couple. There. Oh, there's also the there's also the knight with a shield around him on the ground. Like you got to keep the things away or whatever. Yeah, there's two knights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two knights where like there's one knight with the where you got to get the swords, and then there's the. Um, oh, when he said seven bosses, he might mean seven stages. I was talking about the final boss. In any case, in any case, I think that, uh, oh, there's also, yeah, there's two ogres too. There's the ogre that gets healed by the, um, there's the ogre that gets healed by the dudes on the ground. And then there's like, isn't there like an ogre with a thing on his back or something? Yeah. Roy says, sorry if off topic, thoughts on Destiny having so many error codes and disconnects lately. It is some infrastructure change. Yeah, we're, we've, we speculated on that a multiple times today, Roy. I don't know what's causing it, but I think it needs addressed very, very soon. Super MG. Do you feel like the best of engrams are getting better the more time passes by? I've been getting a lot of stuff that I didn't have from Opulence. I think in six to nine months from now, everyone is going to be getting everything they didn't get in Shadowkeep. Yeah, I actually have been. I've been getting stuff that I didn't get uh, previously. 
it's another one of those changes that people kind of railed against it but in the long term now we're starting to see the benefit of it um like if i come in here into equipment and i go to sparrows i don't even know what one i got what one did i get recently oh i got wave maker um yeah i've been getting i've been getting ghost ships and sparrows that i didn't have before uh, I got an ornament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a Darcy ornament the other day that I had not had before. Um, I think I think as time goes on, yeah, you'll get you'll get more, uh, you'll get more stuff that you were missing. I think initially people were like, "Well, this is stupid. I have everything," and it's like, "Well, we're pulling from the seasons where it was really easy to get everything." And Thrall. The EDZ Seraph Tower upgrade power buff gives you one powerful gear per week, so long as the EDZ is the Seraph Challenge destination. Do you know if the powerful gear is dropping from the Seraph chest directly or dropping as an ingram? I actually have no idea. Parasito. For a public event with a light level different than the rest of the patrol zone, should there be an effective hard light delta floor for kindergartens in the area so they don't get destroyed and discouraged? I, I just think it'd be easier just to lower it to the to, to, to the public space power. You know, it doesn't matter. We we can only be so far over leveled. I know they want like the bosses to show and be like a thousand thirty or whatever, but I, I don't know, they're dying anyway. You could like quadruple the bosses, four bosses could show up instead of two, and just lower it to seven fifty. It's just supposed to be a fun, longer public event. Like it's not supposed to be tough. Like I'm not saying what you're suggesting is a bad idea. I just don't think it's necessary. Just lower that lower it. There's no there's no reason to have it as high as it is. Mythic. Do you think that there should be more matchmaking for things like special quests and raids and trials so more solo players who may not have friends who play Destiny 2 can experience and get the same gear as other players who have friends on Destiny? No. This game has been out for five years and the there are just certain pieces of content that don't have matchmaking. If you've been playing this game for any stretch of time, they've made it very clear that they don't really have any plans to add matchmaking to certain activities. The, the higher up the echelon you go, the less and less opportunity there is for matchmaking. So I, I just, I do not think you can do matchmaking for trials or raids, and I don't think there's a good enough case to make for it. I used to argue for matchmaking in normal raids after hard came out. Um, I thought I made a pretty good argument at the time, but the more I've looked at it, the more I've experienced content with matchmade players, the more that I would have to say that I was probably wrong. I don't think that you can do matchmaking in raids. I don't think you can do matchmaking in trials. Um, the game has never set that expectation. It's never set the expectation that you should be able to matchmake into every single activity. They've always had an a spectrum where the higher you go on the on the PVE spectrum, the more you have to essentially build your own fire team to get there. I believe they give you a ton to do on the way there. There's a lot to do to level yourself up and and get into a position to be able to do the end game content and to level your character and to be you know end game ready. But I don't think um, I really don't think that they need to start adding it to trials. Uh, dungeons and, and, and raids. Um, there's raid guides. Well, raid guides aren't an answer to this problem. I don't think you'd be like, well, there's raid guides, so just use matchmaking and use raid guides. Listen, if somebody isn't willing to go use LFG or send friend requests and build their friend list, are they going to go watch a raid guide to try to walk through somebody that they matchmade with? I, I just, I don't think that's going to be... 
And if you're talking about guided games, guided games is never going to work because you don't have enough people that are experienced and willing to teach in the funnel. It's a lopsided funnel. Aaron Kill. One of the reasons Sword feels feels great now is they take a champion is they take a champion mod. Is there a hope this indicates Bungie will expand the champion mechanics to heavies and specials? Oh yeah. I mean I, I, I thought about that yesterday and I was like, oh, this is good news to see that they put uh, overload on a sword. Um I think that they're slowly expanding on the idea of champion mods. Um because think about it, I mean, they just did all those changes to swords. That's probably one of the reasons they were like, "Oh well, yeah, throw uh, throw swords on there." You know, it does it does the uh, the unstoppable? There's a. I thought there was another one, or is it just swords? Oh no, that's yeah. You can do a melee to stagger. Oh no, I'm sorry, it's overload. I'm sorry, it's disruption. The blade does disruption, and the punch does unstoppable. Um, I love that. I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see grenade launchers get something you could give you could intrinsically give something to both cold heart and prometheus lens and the wave what's it called the wave it's not wave runner <laughs> i want to call it wave runner anyway i yeah i could see all those i could see machine guns getting anti-barrier because you know because their rate of fire yeah wave splitter thank you i was like wave runner that can't be right you know machine guns could easily go with anti-barrier and a grenade launcher could get unstoppable you know, and or a rocket launcher. You know, there's all kind of things they could do with these other uh, other classes. You know, a shotgun could get unstoppable, and then a sniper could get anti-barrier. You know, because you could do the sniper on the on the on the on the barrier shield from far away, and then you could kind of gut bust for the unstoppable. A lot of the characters, it would make more sense to gut bust for unstoppable with a shotgun. So, Dan. Do you believe that Bungie had expectations the community would create guides for public event? I I don't really care if that was their expectation. I certainly hope not. I mean, I think they know we're going to do it, but I, I would never want them to be in a meeting and be like, no, nah, it's fine. We don't need visual indicators. It's fine. It can be tough and kind of confusing. The community will make a guide. I, I, don't, I don't want that ever to be a topic of discussion at a developer, at a table. Don't punt on something in the game that would be valuable and helpful because some dude's going to make a YouTube video. I, I, I don't I don't want that ever to be in the thought process at Bungie or any games that I play. Aviators. Looking at just the seasonal content, what exactly are we trying to be worthy of? Um, I honestly don't know. I mean, maybe something with Rasputin. We're helping prove our worth to defend mankind. I, you know, I don't know. Ecow. I know you have an issue with Seraph Towers, but would you entertain the idea of them staying? We got the new pub events in Forsaken and haven't had any since. Is this the closest thing to an evolving world? I don't think they're staying, no. um, Because they're pretty significant. They're pretty significant. So are the bunkers. I think the bunkers are going to close and like towers are going to be like erected in their location. Because there's a trailer that shows like these towers coming up out of the ground. And I think that's what we're doing. We're helping, we're helping Rasputin basically build a defense system for the planet. Mm. And so, I think that that's what they're doing. And then, and then, the public event stuff will leave, and the and the bunkers will leave. Three years from Team Tom. That's a three-year badge. Thank you, sir. Uh, so, yeah, I said the word erected. Did I, or did you guys say that? T Funk. The Seraph weapons are fun. 
but there are no god rolls. Completely disagree with that. There are plenty of good, great rolls, but the god perk, uh, and the god perk is on every weapon. Do you think the lack of god rolls will hurt this weapon grind as the season continues? Yeah, I don't agree with that. I think there's, I think there's actually plenty of god rolls, um, in that pool of weapons. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of all of them, but I'm gonna try and remember some. There was a clown cartridge firing line or clown cartridge vorpal on the machine gun. That's that's god roll. Uh, auto loading and trench barrel on the shotgun. That's god roll. Can't get any higher than that. Um, for PVE, uh, any of the ones with four times the charm and vorpal are really really good. There's also ambitious assassin and feeding frenzy. I think is. I would classify that as good. I would agree. This starts to get subjective, but I would say in the realm of measuring the efficiency of a weapon, there actually are God rolls, especially considering there's no machine gun right now that can roll with firing line or Vorpal, both of those adding damage uh, to boss buff on a machine gun. I, I don't, I don't, that doesn't exist right now. Um, the Seraph perk outshines all those though. Vorpal Vorpal does outshine because of the, you know, because of champions. That's true. It's hard not to use Vorpal. Um, Yeah, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. Like, Bungie is unfortunately maybe creating a new problem. For a long time, it was like, you just went with, you just wanted a damage perk. You always wanted a damage perk, right? You always wanted Rampage. Now you're kind of going after Swashbuckler, maybe multi-kill clip. But if they create this problem where all endgame content has champions and Vorpal works on champions, you're basically going to always want Vorpal. Vorpal does increase damage to bosses, um, vehicles, and guardians in their super, but the, the works against bosses counts against a champion. So people are, are, are starting to learn that like, Vorpal is really, really nice if you're going to run anything with champions. Um... Vorpal's good, but the balls spawn and those melt everything. Well, those don't melt champions, especially not in endgame content. Um, and yeah, and it works on majors. Yeah, I, they, I feel like they might be creating a new problem, so Bungie's going to have to figure out a way to say um, they're going to... Uh, this gets real dicey because it's like they're always, they're always dancing on this damage perk line. They're going to have to maybe come up with perks that do different things to champions and majors. That, that would maybe make you lean away from Vorpal. Um, I've even said they could do something with the uh, like armor where to bust the armor off of an enemy you gotta use a fusion or you have to use a shotgun or you have to use a sniper. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just hit me, it just dawned on me that Vorpal could be perpetuating a problem we've already experienced that you start to feel like if I'm going to grind for one of the new guns, I need to grind for one with Vorpal. And that's okay for the here and now, but long term, that could be a problem. You know? You're not feeling well? Well, I hope you feel better. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, oh, Athanash. Taking into account the levels of bosses, the event, and the event in ge- or the event in general, would it be better at Bungie to lead up to the event with a story segment similar to how Osiris... Had the quest steps to follow. Well, 
somebody tried to use the example of escalation protocol the other day well escalation protocol was high power level and i was like yeah but you didn't jump into ep right away we had all these campaign missions and then we had strikes you had all this stuff that you were doing leading up to trying to jump into ep so now that we don't have that that's fine i'm not complaining about a lack of campaign missions uh, or a new public space every three months. I think that's absurd to ask for those things. And I've always found campaign missions and DLCs to be kind of a throwaway if they're not strikes that can be repeated. I still cannot believe every time that debate happened that people were like, they said that it was lazy and that they didn't want strikes to be, they didn't want to play through a campaign that was nothing but strikes. And I was like, why does it matter? If your first time through, it feels like a story mission and it's brand new to you, that's a great experience. And if Bungie builds it in such a way that they're able to repurpose that later as a strike, why would you not want them to do that? I mean, a campaign mission and a strike are virtually synonymous. You go to an area, there's enemies, you kill them to advance. After you advance, you kill more to advance, more to advance, more to advance, and then a boss. Why would you not just use that as a strike? Um, Why is Panoptes not a strike, you know? Uh... So, to me, that is one of the things we don't have anymore. And I'm actually fine with that. We don't need campaign missions and strikes and new patrol areas every three months. I don't think that's a reasonable expectation. And besides, there's not enough room. Uh, there's not enough room in the game for that anyway. So, to me, if you take that into account, I don't think you would want Bungie to do like some sort of a story segment lead-in to say, well, the public event's 980, but we, you know, we have like a story mission for you to do beforehand. Right, but that's not content. You know, the content is that. There was some story before we got to the forges. We had to like go talk to Ada and we did something. We did a couple of things and then all of a sudden we were supposed to go to the forges and the forges were way out of our level. If they're going to start to reinvigorate strikes, I do agree with what's being said in chat. A lot of strikes, no really, no real reason to run them. This is why they need to reinvigorate Zavala's loot pool and Zavala is an NPC. If Luke Smith gets his way and they reinvest in core activities, well, then they'll, then they'll do that. Strikes will have a reason to run. I don't think strike-specific loot is the answer. It isn't. Strikes are a playlist to just kind of hang out in that while you're in there you could be working on something and there could be things that only drop in the strike playlist strike specific loot gets really problematic because it's like you got a couple of problems if you have to get the strike in the playlist to get it to drop you're just going to keep cancelling matchmaking until you get the strike that you want that is stupid oh well let us just pick the strike we want equally stupid you're just now gutting the strike playlist you're going to put all this in you know strike specific loot in strikes and everyone's going to go to the director they're going to click the edz they're going to click the strike they want and they're going to keep going in there and you're going to murder the strike playlist no one's going to play the strike playlist to me you reinvigorate zavala and give me a reason to hang out in the strike playlist for long periods of time whether you have unique drops that only drop in the strike playlist or something else just earning reputation at zavala so the higher you get maybe you can do what i called the weapon boons where you go and buy a weapon boon from zavala and while the weapon boon is active that weapon has a higher likelihood of dropping from strikes and the longer you stay in the playlist the better the drop rate gets so at you know your last hour it's like at its absolute best because you just keep running strikes and you keep you keep staying in the playlist 
I think that would be the best of both worlds. It's not a weapon frame. It's not a skeleton key. It's not a strike-specific loot drops. You've got to run a particular strike. It's, no, stay in the playlist, and for the next four hours, the drop rate's going to get better and better and better and better, and then Bungie knows the last hour can approximately be in this hemisphere of really healthy drop rate, and then the whole thing resets and you start over. You do that every day, right? You grab one from him, pop the boon, go grind strikes for a couple hours. So, um... If that would kill the playlist, isn't that a good sign of the community not wanting or valuing the playlist idea? No, that's a terrible conclusion. You're No, no. If Bungie put a bunch of loot that you could go to the director and click on an individual strike and just play it over and over and over again at, what, 750 power, of course you're going to do that. You're picking efficiency over the playlist at that point because you're just chasing the loot. If they put the loot in the playlist, then you'd play the playlist. It's like people aren't in that in that situation. You're drawing a conclusion that doesn't even make any sense. People aren't being like, well, I really don't value the playlist. They're saying I'm going where the loot is. You know what I'm saying? It's like if I had two doors in front of you and I said, well, behind door two, there's food and water and behind door one, there's 20 doors that might have food and water. You're going to pick the door that has the food and water. You're not going to roll the dice. I'm like, well, I'll go open 20 doors. I, that sounds good. No, you're going to go where the, we're going to go where the water and the food is. You're going to go right where I told you it is. And that's the problem with doing strike specific loot. You either put it in a specific strike, which means you got to wait for it to show up in the playlist, which is irritating, or you just pick it off the director, which completely guts the playlist. It's like, well, no one's going to run the playlist. You always have intentional loot sources, so it seemed like a pretty direct comparison to me. Surprised to hear your view on strike-specific loot. I'm not including the second part of my argument, so that may be why you're confused. I think strike-specific loot is okay, and then nightfalls are the place to go do that. You have a handful of nightfalls each week. That's rhythmic urgency. You can try and get a warden's law, right? You like keep grinding that, 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 that nightfall all week long, right? That's totally fine. Nightfall specific loot drop protections in place. Higher score increases the drop rate. I think that's a great system. Obviously, adding more to that would be fine. I'd be fine with that. I think Crimson Keep needs some stuff. There's a handful of strikes with no strike specific loot. They could also go back and add some more. They could also go back and give the DFA and the duty bound random rolls. Okay. So, like, I think that system could be iterated upon and expanded upon. The strike playlist, you're adding, you guys are talking about solutions that would basically invalidate the entire playlist. If you add strike-specific loot that can be gotten by picking the strike on the director, you just invalidated the strike playlist. If you don't if you do not do that, and I have to go into the playlist to do it, you just invalidated the playlist because I'm just going to keep backing out until I get the strike that I want, and then I'm going to figure out some way to farm it and not go to orbit. The absolute best way to funnel people into the strike playlist and to keep them in there and by the way this would also work really well for crucible is something called a weapon boon a weapon boon would function like a three of coins you get the weapon boon you go to zavala and you're like okay they introduce a new vanguard hand cannon and i want it it's hot it's got some great new rolls you buy the boon from zavala and it lasts for four hours while that boon is active that gun has a high likelihood of dropping in the strike playlist the longer you're in the playlist, the more that rate goes up as an incentive to not back out of strikes that you don't like. Like, I hate the fanatic, okay? So I just stay in the playlist, you know? Why are you so in love with the playlist? I have not started that since Shadowkeep. When did I say I was in love with the playlist? 
if you have a core activity that has zero incentive to grind and do it, it makes more sense to address that issue than just gut it or get rid of it. How brain dead and stupid would it be for them to be like, well, we created this entire playlist system for strikes. It's been in the game since D1, but we're just going to ignore it and let it lie derelict and dead over here in the corner. It makes more sense to be like, no, let's add reasons to go do this and grind this. Same thing with Crucible. You should give people a reason to grind Crucible every day, not be like, well, we got Trials and Iron Banner, so there's no reason to invest in the Crucible playlist. Why are you so in love with the playlist, Lono? Because it's a core activity. It's meat and potatoes. It's a day-to-day activity. You hit the button, you jump in, you play. Like, these are part and parcel to the Destiny experience. The Crucible playlist and the Strike playlist. I'm not in love with it. You just can't let stuff die. I'll just leave it sit, Lono. It's fine. They're doing that right now, especially with the whole new bounty grind. Thank you for agreeing with me. Yeah, you're right. They are doing that right now. And going forward, Luke Smith said that they want to reinvigorate and reinvest core activities. I appreciate you agreeing with me. They need to address strikes. So the question that's on the table that you're not keeping track of is how could we make strikes more interesting? How could we make strikes worth going and playing? And the solutions that were being put up, I feel, are not helpful. If you want to reinvigorate the strike playlist, you don't let people go to the director and pick a strike over and over and over again. That's not reinvigorating the strike playlist. Reinvigorating the strike playlist would come from putting loot in there, giving me a reason to stay in the playlist. They actually did this in D1. The longer you stayed in there, you got more XP. There was like a there was like a streak bonus for just stra- staying in the playlist, which was helpful when trying to roll over your vanguard rep so if you're trying to solve for what the frick just happened my my game is totally froze there um if if you're trying to solve for x solve for x like i'm trying to solve for x if you're if you're trying if you're trying to solve for we need to get people in the playlist the playlist is the playlist is basically completely empty nobody wants to go in there i think that's how you do it um I, my game is completely hung. I can't. I, I hit all F four and nothing. It's just hung, just hanging there, frozen. Um, Ginger three hundred. I appreciate that in this season we can do multiple things to get warm mind bits. However, do you think that they should make the currency guaranteed from core activities instead of just a chance, or the, would that promote AFK farming? Uh, I don't know. I would think that. I would think that there's probably um, better ways to do that. Um, they completely froze my freaking gaming rig. Whatever they just did completely froze my gaming rig. I can't get any response from my gaming rig at all. It's just froze. I tried task manager. I tried control shift escape. Control alt delete maybe. Oh, there we go. Uh, tasks manager. Yeah, I had to do control alt delete instead of control shift escape. Holy frick, that was bad. All right, I got my computer back. Um, wow. My game crashed the desktop. Yeah, that was kind of rough. Uh, I'm just going to back out of Steam because we don't need it. Um, I, yeah, here's the thing, Ginger. I feel like Bungie's always got this delicate balance of. They want the old and the new intermingled, right? Um, yo, what's good, Jake? 
They want the old and the new intermingled. I got a good video hitting YouTube today, by the way, Jake, of your lighthouse run where you faced your nemesis. Was it Cow Hug or Cow Tug? Cow Hug, I think. I forget. It's a, it's a name like that. You lost on the previous card. It was Cow Hug. And then you faced him again on your lighthouse run and you kind of like, I could sense this sort of, sort of groan and you guys rallied and beat him. It was a great great match that's hitting youtube today i'm not monetizing those by the way when those hit youtube i just like promoting um the coverage so it's a great game you really played it well you really you made it there was a couple of times where you really made good decisions because i kept noticing i was like the games that you lost i wasn't like hating on you by the way but i was like you guys were losing because you were getting a little overconfident and overextending and getting isolated and the teams were capitalizing they would sense you being you know you're their best you're one of their better players on your team right you're you're the leader and you would separate and get collapsed on and you almost did it in the last game you almost did it in the last game you almost took the bait and chased the low player and you were like no the weaker players are outside and you ran outside instead and i was like Jake learning from his mistakes from the last card, not overextending. It was actually a really good game. It was good to see you like learn from what you did bad, like poorly on the first card. Not poorly, you know what I'm saying. Like, I, I the basically the way I phrased it in the casting was weak players are intoxicating. A play like a really really good player can be almost made dumb by a weak player. You see a weak player and then you make a bad decision because like I'm gonna go get him and then you overextend and get pinched. I saw it happen to you. I saw it happen to Lumi. So I started saying that. I was like, weak players are intoxicating. People are like, I got to go get them. They're weak. (laughs) So it was good. I'm excited to watch. Your insight might help me. Oh, man. Like, I had so many people in chat saying they're like, I'm actually learning about trials by watching this because it's so easy from where I sit, right? I don't have the controller in my hands. I'm not playing, okay? So I can sense when a player makes a poor decision a lot quicker because it's easy, right? I'm an arm. I'm in the armchair. I'm just sitting back, like I'm the I'm the quarter. I'm the I'm the the couch quarterback, right? But there were multiple times Lumi did similar things. He would get somebody weak, go to attack the weak person, and then he would end up with an enemy behind him. Because the person's like, "I'm weak. I'm weak. I need help." And then you put yourself into a pinch, hoping to get a pick. And so it actually there were some really there were some really pivotal times in games that went poorly for players because a weak player is intoxicating it's like it makes you make a bad decision because if they weren't weak you wouldn't do it you'd be like i'm not going to go out there because i'm going to get pinched but when they're weak you're like i'm going to go get them like you play you almost play in a way that you ordinarily wouldn't you're sacrificing intelligence for a pick and i think that it's easy to do in the heat of the moment i do it all the time frick i grew up on call of duty i'm a terrible pvp player i play like just such a brain dead charge at everybody idiot my decision making and awareness is awful it's just terrible which probably makes me a pretty good caster because like I know all the dumb things to do I do the dumb things (laughs) I do all the dumb things so uh bit jag dash what do you think about them ramping up the amount of enemies coming in I think it would be great to see a ton of cabal dropships coming in across the lake you think the challenge could come from a ton of enemies surrounding the boss as soon as I read this, I think of reckoning. I don't want reckoning. I, I don't. I don't want to feel like I'm just getting absolutely fire hosed with enemies. Just like oh, there's so many enemies. Um, there's oh, emergency maintenance. Oh well, I hope they fix all the disconnects with the emergency maintenance then, because my gosh, it's been bad. Um, I was hoping today they'd be able to bake in some fixes for the stability because it's been pretty rough. 
I think there's two things that Bungie has tried to do to make things difficult that's been super unenjoyable. Number one is they stack on either a delta, a power delta, or negative modifiers, which is essentially that problem we're going to call the make the guardian feel weak problem. I feel like they've turned that dial up too much at times and it makes for really unenjoyable content. It's not, there's nothing dynamic or entertaining or fun about it. It's just, you're a weak piece of garbage and everything's strong. So I think that attempt has been poor. I think the other attempt that's been poor at making something challenging is literally a waterfall of enemies. I think reckoning is bad content. It's probably the worst PVE content they've ever made. I don't think that they would even disagree with that. I think the environment's cool and the idea's cool, but the execution is awful. It is, it's narrowly beat. It's not fun. They just, they just absolutely waterfall you with enemies. Um, and they've even kind of conceded that. Luke Smith talked about that in his first director's cut about how basically because of power creep and how strong we got, Reckoning was built for how strong we were. So you kind of had to run Well of Radiance, Orpheus Riggs, and a Skull of the Dire Ahamkara Nova, and it was just super spam, super spam, super spam. If you weren't super spamming, it was misery, right? Matchmaking was so rough because you'd have somebody in and I'm not kidding, if you matchmade and saw a Titan, you were like, great. Thanks for being here, Titan. You can do literally nothing for us on the bridge because he didn't have a bubble back then. Um, eventually he did wait when did he get his bubble maybe he did have his bubble but the bubble wasn't helpful because everything would just get inside the bubble and slam you um, you basically wanted hunters and warlocks to so just spam supers with phoenix protocol uh, orpheus rigs and skull of the dire ahamkara because uh, it was just non-stop supers uh, so those are kind of the two things they've attempted to make things difficult and I don't think they've gone over very well I think the thing that rises from the ashes as the paragon example of good difficult content will always be going from normal King's Fall to hard King's Fall. I think that is the perfect system. They designed hard first, they dialed back the mechanics for normal, and so the transition into hard felt beautiful. There was a slight power delta, there was increased mechanical pain to be mitigated. They did a similar thing going from Wrath of the Machine normal to hard as well. I believe they need to go back to the drawing board and examine what made those encounters and those raids so good going from normal to hard and stop just pouring on the negative modifiers and don't do waterfalls of enemies I don't think that's enjoyable content Um, because here's the reality what's the solution to a waterfall of enemies An, an unbelievable and consistent amount of damage like that's the solution right is that really that invigorating it was fun doing Nova after Nova after Nova with Skull of the Dire Ahamkara, but I was also kind of like, this is kind of dumb and boring. I'm not doing anything. It's like a super simulator. I, it's just like, <laughs> you know, like Shards of Galanor in the Blind Well is a very unique and specific instance where I get Harmony and I have Shards of Galanor and I always have my super but that's like super short-lived. It's not the entire time. I mean, it, it is if you play it right, but that takes some awareness and some uh, some intelligence. So I would always say those two attempts have not gone well. Go back to the basics of what made Destiny One great at its at its at its at its crown jewel pieces of content. King's Fall Raid and Wrath of the Machine are the two best pieces of content in Destiny 1. Go back there. Go back to your roots. 
that was a different philosophy of what makes content hard what makes a dynamic and challenging experience um it right now there are so many negative modifiers in the in the grandmaster nightfall that they put five negative modifiers into one it's called like the prime modifier or something it's there's literally 12 negative modifiers in the grandmaster nightfall it's so absurd it's almost comical that they had to put five in one because it's like you're gonna you nobody would want to run it. I don't think that many people are gonna want to run it to begin with. I think the current philosophy of increasing difficulty is bad. It's bad. I just don't think it's very good. I think it's the result of low bandwidth. I don't think they have a lot of time to create the depth and the dynamics that I'm talking about. Uh, so I I do think this is symptomatic of a lack of bandwidth. So I don't want to act like I don't want to act like this is the result of like ineptitude or laziness. I don't think Bungie's like yeah, just put a delta on it or just add some power modifiers. Yeah, just make more negative modifiers. I don't think they're being like lazy. Like let's let's go play some foosball in the break room. Just yeah, just throw some negative modifiers on there. I don't think they're being lazy or inept. I think it's a lack of bandwidth. So they're like, well, the only thing we can do is just turn the knob up. You know, just turn the knob up. So, uh, seven electron. Since Bungie can cap super regeneration on Orpheus rigs, should they do that to either exotics like shards of Galanor? Sh- d- listen, you leave my shards alone because they're basically non-existent. Okay, you 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 watch your mouth about shards of Galanor. Okay, they did my baby wrong. Okay, and they haven't been good since, and I'm still angry about it one of my favorite subclasses and exotic combos in the game and it friggin sucks they broke it so you keep your hands off of her click fire i think the basic activity grind we have been doing since 2014 is starting to feel outdated in 2020 with people quickly getting bored of new activities um i mean kind of and i think this is more about franchise fatigue than anything you can't if you try and innovate too much, it's risky. Look at Gambit. Gambit was was a significant amount of innovation. It was a whole new idea, a whole new game mode, and its daily engaged player base is not that impressive. You know, a million, 1.3 million people play the game and 200, 200,000, two and a half, 250, 250,000 people play Gambit. I, that That's a lot of time. That's a lot of effort. And it got my sleeper nerfed and uh, it doesn't capture a very strong audience every day, you know. It, it to me, I, if they innovate too much, if you leave your core experience too much, then people are like, "This isn't Destiny. I don't like this." You know, it's the classic gamer, it's the classic lose lose situation of, of of the gaming world. If you innovate too much, people are like, "Well, this isn't Call of Duty with the double jumping and the wall running, right? Right." And then if you do the same thing every year, people are like, yeah, it's just another Call of Duty. Same weapons, 6v6 maps, and, you know, boots on the ground. It's the same thing. Like, you you kind of can't win. If you either do, you either continue to iterate on the core experience so they can keep having that same experience, or you really try and innovate, and you run the risk of people being like, you're not staying true to your audience. You're not staying true to your identity. Yeah, It's like, you know, what what is that? I'm not saying the 250 isn't good. What I'm saying is if you compare it to raids, all right, compare it to raids. 
raids well raids are low right now because they're getting old right 124 usually raids and gambit are actually close together and that i think is in some respects a little bit of a damning number for gambit because gambit's match made so a non-match made activity gets roughly the same if not more engagement especially in the first couple of months than gambit does gambit's a match made activity it should be doing it should be it should be close to crucible it really should it should be close to crucible and it's not because it doesn't feel like destiny i really don't think it feels like destiny i think it feels like a pvp game mode in disguise that's really tilting and really disrupting and that's why people don't like it and so that's a risk do you like think about that do you really want bungie spending more bandwidth and time innovating on brand new fresh hugely divergent experiences that don't feel like destiny if gambit is is not really i don't think really capturing a large portion of the audience and you also have to understand something people would keep playing destiny if gambit disappeared i mean they would uh, it, it's not the sole reason that people are playing. It's not the it's not the core experience of Destiny. And listen, we can have debates about Gambit another time. The point is, is that if you deviate too much from the core identity of the game, you run the risk of your core audience rejecting what you've made. And it's like, well, what the frick? We wasted all that time. I personally don't think. I think we could rewind the clock. I don't think Gambit should have ever been added to the game. All the time, all the effort, those maps that they created, the engagements, the mechanics, the fights, that would make a great, like, escalation protocol area that you could go into and have, what, four different maps, handful of different bosses, handful of different mechanics. (laughs) If they would have dedicated all that time to creating another good core PvE activity... I don't know. I think we'd be in better shape. I, I feel like they'd have another place they could iterate on, another place they could evolve. I I don't think Gambit serves the greater good of the game. I, I honestly think, and I, you're welcome to disagree with me on this. That's fine. I ultimately think that it was a mistake. That if they could rewind the clock, they'd be like, we should just take all these resources and time and boss areas and just devote it to another PvE activity. Um... I, reckoning would have been a more more of a successful season. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, 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 it's hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm not acting like they shouldn't have known. Like it tested very well. It tested very well. It really did. But the the PvP meta aspect of it just ruined it, and it got things nerfed. And it's just I think it's been a sore spot for a while ever since. T Funk. We have two ball mechanics. What would you rather have? Tracking Exploder or Forge? Um, I don't know. I think either would be fine. I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose strongly either choice here. Tracking Exploder would add to, would add to success rate. Uh, the Forge balls would be great because you could do the surplus strategy. And if you had some dummy that was like throwing his the wrong way, you could go grab it. And you could basically be like, I'm going to take mine and throw it to the next one as like uh, the marker. Like, hey guys, this is for the next area. Let's do the surplus strategy. I think the surplus strategy is going to get, going to get traction because the people that I played with today, if they figured out what we were doing and they do it again and then they do it again and they do it again, more and more people will start to do the surplus strategy. I could get, I could get behind either change. Yeah. Or combine them, do both. Like, you know, don't let it explode and have tracking. Like why the frick not? 
Uh, Parasito with the next question. I don't think there's a download yet. Yeah, I just opened up Steam and didn't get anything. Um, Parasito says, Lore-wise, Siva's still around. There just hasn't been more production that we know of. Rasputin also wouldn't have magically forgotten how to make it. Is there a possibility for a version 2 of the Seraph Towers or Bunker activities? I could get behind Siva coming back. I love all that stuff. I love all the artwork, all the red, and like you know, like I got the ornament today for the Raiden Flux chess piece. It's all Siva-ified. Um, Tyler with 10 months, thank you. Thanks for all the content. How long are servers down for? I don't know. Um, four months from Sir Drenched. Thank you so much for four months. 39 months from Don Don. That's a long time. It's emergency maintenance, guys, so I don't think we have a time frame of when it'll be over. Um, yeah, so Paris, I would love for Siva to come back. I liked it. I think there's hints of it in the game. I mean, it, it, it let's be honest. It seems kind of weird to use Siva aesthetic on stuff if it's never coming back, right? Now, that doesn't mean it's coming back soon or that Bungie's like, oh, Siva's coming back. But it's sort of like, why are you putting these aesthetics in the game if you have zero plans to bring it back, you know? Like, the ornaments themselves could be experimentation. Servers should be back up. Oh, people in chat said it was emergency maintenance. I swore people in chat said it was emergency maintenance. I haven't gotten a download yet. Isn't there supposed to be a download, a hotfix? Or is there no download? Because when I'm opening up Steam, I'm not getting anything. Not online yet. There's a cinematic? Hotfix? I don't know. Does hotfix mean I download something in Steam? Or is it just inside the game? I got a download. Probably when you log in. The cinematic is old. A hotfix means no download. Okay. Download should be in game. Oh, that's right, because they can do that in game. That's yeah, 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 yeah. It should be inside the game. Okay. We'll see. Once we can get back in, we'll see what's going on. Um, next question. Uh, question from Headshot Hunter. Do you feel the mods this season should have more emphasis in like in raids, etc? I love what they did with the mods this season. I hope they do it in more seasons. I love armor, armor, weapon synergy. I think that that's dope. Um, I think it's a cool thing to say if you use this weapon and this mod you get this benefit like I said at the beginning of the season I feel like the weapons the serif weapons are going to age like a fine wine I think by the end of the season people are going to be like dude the, the freaking serif weapons are hot you know there's a they're, 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 they can do some really cool things download on steam now oh there is a download really okay um all right I thought when they did hot fixes, it was like inside the game, but I'll reset Steam and see if I get one. Hotfix means download is in the new version. Servers are still offline uh, looking at Bungie help. Okay, well, let me restart Steam and see what happens. A trailer is out? Where is the trailer? Is it on Twitter or YouTube or something? Yep, right there. I'm getting a download in Steam for Destiny 2. Um... And it doesn't even know what size it is yet. It's it's uh, five meg, five meg. It's an old trailer. Okay, it's an old trailer. All right, yeah. There is a Steam download for those of you on PC. There is a Steam download. I just got one. Um, so, all right. Uh, da, 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 da. 
Next question. Yeah, again, the Seraph mods, the Seraph mods on like the guns and the armor, I think is awesome. Uh, Whitlow, kind of unrelated, but not too engaging of a question. Do you know if we can see the Almighty from the EDZ or the tower? I've not checked. I don't think it's moved. It might move, you know, every couple of weeks or something. Hockey Dan, what do you think Bungie should do to re-engage the hardcore audience? Uh, they should read Luke Smith's director's cut because he talks about refueling aspiration in year four. He talks about sunsetting weapons and why that's important. He talks about uh, reinvesting in core activities. Uh, I feel that if you're a hardcore player and you're worried about what you know what's going on in the game, I would read his director's cut. I'm back in the game, uh, no problem. So the artifact, I guess, will be disabled in trials. And that was what we got. I don't know if they baked in any stability things. Um, we could obviously go look at the season flag. There's Siva cells crawling at the bottom. I don't know if those are Siva cells, homie. I don't know if I want to call those Siva cells. Let me let me let me lean in here. No, that looks like the generic like. Rasputin red like red lightning effect. I don't think that's Siva at the bottom. It's also you also have to consider yeah like a javelin. You also have to consider it's around the warmind symbol. So I don't think so. I I'll give you a maybe. It could be Siva. It could be. Um, but I don't think so. We can go clear the bunker and grab dailies and stuff while I'm doing Q and A. Um, it's definitely definitely worth it. TK Lotus, do you think that we will see more areas of the open world be light gated? I think it's important to have a variety of difficulties in the open world to preserve the open world MMO feel. Coming across uh, a harder NPC, knowing that eventually I'll be strong enough to kill it, just not now. I actually do not agree with this sentiment at all, because this is Destiny and not World of Warcraft. I believe there is a clear hierarchy and spectrum of content in the game that there is no reason to disrupt, okay? Most of the community hangs out in the public space. The bottom rung of the content is the public space. You got public events that can be turned heroic, you got patrols, and you got adventures, okay? And then you got like NPCs with daily bounties, okay? That's just bottom rung, real accessible, easy peasy. Next rung up, is strikes uh you can run strikes you can you can run even daily missions okay next run up from there would be nightfalls then once you're in nightfalls there's a spectrum of difficulty in nightfalls then there's a spectrum of difficulty in nightmare hunts then there's dungeons then there's raids there's exotic dungeons things like that i think there's a clear spectrum of content and i see no reason to disrupt that after five years it, I just, I don't. I, I, I see zero reason. Uh, oh, I've not done them all. I see zero reason to disrupt that. I just don't see a reason to be like, hey, welcome to Destiny. For the last, you know, for the last however long, we've been doing, you know, really accessible content on the bottom rung. And now we've decided to make bottom rung open, open world public space accessible content uh, really freaking hard. Um, not that 980 was like really really hard my main issue was that was the entrance to the season and I don't think that's very welcoming people didn't like it in Black Armory either if anybody wants to run the bunker with me I'm about to go in so it's like I I hear where you're coming from but I, that doesn't sound like Destiny to me that sounds like World of Warcraft right that doesn't sound that does not sound like, uh, like, like Destiny to me to make 
some random thing really, really hard in the public space. Because generally what I would think would end up happening is a lot of people would just end up avoiding that and never going back. Uh, it, It doesn't appeal to them. The people that it does appeal to, I think you as a hardcore player are better served by better raid spectrum. I think we need normal and hard raids back and better raid loot, better loot in, in flawless trials, um, better loot incentive in Grandmaster Nightfalls because I think the loot incentive currently is is awfully thin. An increase in a Shard drop rate is not worth a 1060 environment with 12 negative modifiers. Um, that just seems absurd to me they even put that in um so to me i think that that there there's a better there's a better way forward than to do what you're requesting i think you can here's how i want to phrase it i think you can get satisfying content without kicking you know the majority of the player base in the face I would worry that like you're arguing for this and like oh it'd be so much more satisfying it'd be aspirational content in the public space you'd kind of not want to go back there uh, until until you're you know you're ready or you're strong enough and it's like well sure you might find that satisfying but unfortunately the rest of the community might think that that's freaking awful and hate it and feel like they don't like the structure of the content or they're never going to go back um I would, I don't know. I would be worried that that would be one of the downfalls of the structure was that you're going to make people feel satisfaction that can feel it elsewhere while also making others say, yeah, I really have no interest in even going in this content. Um, I just, I think you would, you would disrupt something that's been going on for five years and I don't see a reason to do that. Are we forgetting that Dreaming City was an area and that was like the coolest part of Forsaken? But the difference there is, Flame, it wasn't the entrance point. Tangled Shore was the entrance point. And if you bought Forsaken, it was a long time before you could even go there. And once you got there, it was kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm a little weak. I'm getting blown up on my Sparrow trying to get to Petra. I'm going to level up before coming back here. But it wasn't like, welcome to the entrance point of the content, you know? And then eventually the entire community ends up at that power level. I don't think it works in $10 seasonal content. I also don't know. He's talking about like a random NPC or event in an area just being really, really hard. The entire Dreaming City was sort of set to a higher power level. So you kind of knew, like, don't go in here and joke around. You know, it. This, uh, but this question's not implying the season's public event thing is good. Well, but it certainly is implying that having public space areas op- he said having a variety of difficulties in the open world to preserve the open world mmo feel i don't think that that jives with destiny i think the tangled shore was structured and baked into a campaign and a leveling process that made sense i don't think having random pieces of content like the edz for example the starting planet of all of destiny and you got a 980 piece of content on it right now I just don't think that's a good look. I don't think that's what Destiny feels like. And I guess you could say Dreaming City was a better version and they should go back to that. But I would say then, okay, that's better suited then for an expansion that 
that's better suited that's better suited for an expansion where you're leveling up and you arrive at the dreaming city instead of saying welcome to the new season stuff's like crazy hard uh and we hope you know we we hope you enjoy eventually coming back and getting to do this cuz currently that would be my concern is that you know there's going to be a lot of folks that don't want to level and and feel that they're too weak in the public space again think about it right now you can level up and and kind of set your sights on legendary lost sectors you can level up and set your sights on grandmaster nightfalls like i don't see an impetus to make all of the content aspirational that seems kind of antithetical to the idea of aspirational if the whole season's aspirational where well yeah you gotta level up or you'll be too weak it's like well wait a minute can't some of it be aspirational and some of it just be like entry level content I, I don't know if you don't want to level up and do altar of sorrow after shadow keep or kill the nightmare mobs I don't think you're in the right game tbh I completely disagree I, I think the player base is in part I think that the player base is going to help determine the future of the content I really do. I think the player base is going to say we like and don't like certain things and Bungie's going to pivot. Bungie tried this with with Black Armory. Didn't work. Nobody ever has a good response to this, by the way. Whenever I say this, you guys ignore this entire tirade I'm about to go on. They tried this with EP. People hated it. They lowered EP. They tried this with Black Armory. People hated it. They lowered the first forge. They, they, they had to add surge bounties in Drifter. They had to add surge bounties in, in, in Opulence. Like, no one ever has a good response to the trajectory of the game basically saying, leveling is painful, people kind of don't like it. Shadowkeep, they made leveling streamlined and easier and faster. Nobody likes to pay for content they can't play. You guys do this, like, sidebar red herring thing where you're like, yeah, but you should want to level up and you should want to advance to endgame content. Okay, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. That's a completely separate discussion. There is aspirational content. Another point you ignore. A thousand level legendary lost sectors. A thousand sixty grandmaster nightfalls. You ignore that and you're like, no, no, the public space should be 980. What the frick are you talking about? Like, I th- th- that doesn't have anything to do with the discussion. I'm talking about entrance, level, accessible, bottom rung content. If you drag the bottom rung accessible content all up and make it up here... People don't like it. There's nothing wrong with saying legendary lost sectors and master nightfalls are out in the distance. You level up for them. That's aspirational. If the whole season is aspirational, that's antithetical to the definition of aspirational. Everything has to be leveled for. That doesn't make any sense. It's welcome to the new season. You can't play it. That's not what people want to do. And it doesn't take away from what you're asking for. I think the biggest frustration here that always gets me fired up in this discussion is that the hardcore players are already beyond the level of the public space content and it's a joke to you. So what in the blue frick are you defending? What are you defending? A week of a slightly challenging environment? 
Why, why does that freaking matter to you? Who cares? If you're even close to a thousand right now, you're not allowed to talk about this. You're disqualified from the discussion because you're already over the delta of the public environment a week in. So there's no enduring challenge or sense of aspiration that you're defending. It's stu- it's stupid. Like... And also, you got somebody in chat that's 1,010. I can't complete it without a fire team. Right. If you're driving people away from the content because it's inaccessible or frustrating, like, that, that, that isn't good. Because now you got somebody that is high enough level to do it, and then there's nobody in the area. Yeah, the connection problems are still here. That's the only reason I went into a legendary lost sector. These error codes are getting so frustrating. I literally just did that to test the connections. Um... I'm not defending it on th- uh, 1,012. I guess I'll leave then, says Zach. You you literally have to recuse yourself from the discussion. If you are trying to defend the 980 public event, the, the towers being 980, if you're already 1,000 a week in, you have to recuse yourself from the discussion because you, you, your, your contribution to the discussion is irrelevant. You're defending it as if it matters when it doesn't matter. You're already over it. You're already over the Delta. It's already a joke to you. It already feels like public space content. I guess until the bosses show up because they're 1,030. You're defending... It's it's the the exact same scenario that when people defended costly infusion and slow leveling. It's the same scenario. You're defending something that you don't experience. Yeah, it should be painful. Is it painful for you? Well, no. I leveled up in a week. <laughs> like, is infusion painful for you? Well, no. I'm destiny rich. Of course it's not painful for me. Then why are you defending it? What, what, what are we doing right now? You're defending a pain point that doesn't touch you. I think that's one of the biggest problems that this game has had in the cycle of feedback, okay? It's a symbiotic relationship. We're providing feedback. Bungie's trying to adapt the game to what we think is good, okay? I think the single greatest hindrance to this game's progression the past couple of years has been the streamer hardcore input that basically argues for pain points that never touch them. I think that has been the single greatest thing that has hurt this game's evolution in the last two years is hardcore streamer sentimentality input that creates pain points that they glide over like they're nothing. Leveling should be slow. It takes them a week or two to level up. Why? What, 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 how was how that enjoyable? It lasted a week. What are you talking about? Infusion should be costly as they sit atop uh, a Scrooge McDuck pile of resources able to glide over. They can infuse anything they freaking want or they can play so much they can do all the bounties to get all the currency. It's, it's one of the single greatest bad pieces of input this game has had. And how can we say this? Because it's all been dialed back. From Forsaken to Shadowkeep, everything got dialed back. All that bad input got dialed back. All of it. Infusion should be costly. No, it really isn't anymore. They just hand us upgrade modules. They're, and they're cheaper than it was to use. It's cheaper than it used to be infused. It's cheaper. Leveling, way easier. Way more streamlined. I still think it needs addressed, but it's way easier. It's It, it practically happens automatically. The, ar- the artifact pads your numbers even if you don't want to do that. They've taken every semblance of like hardcore streamer mentality of like, oh, there should be pain points in the game that they don't they don't get affected by. It's all been removed. It's all been removed. It, it's that that viewpoint of the game couldn't be more bankrupt at this point. There's nothing in the bank. You got no credit at this point. 
if that's your sentimentality about the game your bank account's empty in the argument because they've removed all that influence from the game it's gone it's not here Chevy was in here the other day you guys know I love Chevy and he's like all the leveling's too fast now because they're hitting max level like day one and it's like well last year it took you a week now it's taking you a day what difference does it make it's not a value point it's not enduring you're saving bounties anyway you're gliding over it you min max for 18 hours the first day and it's a joke to you like it it isn't you're not defending something that's like that's good for the game as a whole it needs to be this big giant harmonious experience and you're defending some strange narrow experience where everything should take a long time and be slow because that's just how the game should be if they want to be an mmo and i'm like you can have your cake and so can these people over here it's it's like you're going to a cookout and insisting that there's no we don't want any meat I just everything needs to be vegan why there's plenty of room on the grill for burgers steaks and your and your vegan stuff there's plenty of room on both sides why are you arguing that it all needs to be all needs to be vegan I got room for both here there's room for both types of content in this game you're arguing level speed versus concept of light and activities. The game should still have surge bounties to 960 or 70, and and then if you can't be bothered to grind 10 light to do the public event, I legit don't know what game you're playing. Number one, surge bounties were a band-aid. I don't think they need to be brought back. Not at all. Right? Surge bounties coming back. You're arguing for a band-aid to be coming back instead of arguing for good value and good leveling. I think surge bounties were an answer to a problem. They were not an enduring solution. Second, even if you're 970 and you're like, oh, if you can't be bothered to grind for 10 levels, it isn't about not being bothered to level. It's about the order that it takes. If I spend $10, I should be able to boot up and play something new. Period. Period. And then after I have that experience... I have other things on the other side of it that I can level for. It's logical. I'm not taking away from what you're talking about. There's still an incentive to level. There's still an incentive to go do milestones and raise your character's power because there's content beyond the entrance point. It just blow. It blows my mind. It blows my mind that you can't see entrance level content shouldn't have a level requirement because there's more content beyond it that does. It just feels like a head in the sand debate. Like you're not even listening to like just the, to reason it. You come and you play the new things and the thing you're defending still exists there is still a reason to level there is still a reason to level up your character and go into new stuff i'm a new player who just installed destiny and i want to play destiny with you and do some seasonal content with you what do i do you just made you you just you just that's my closing argument thank you That, that you just made my closing argument for me flame flame homie you just made my argument for me if, if you're a brand new player and you want to come play with me, you could. If the public event thing was set at the public event level, that's the point. Surge bounties fix that. Surge bounties aren't necessary if you just have the if you just have the public space at the level. And what was the last one? What was Sundial? Like 850? Sundial was 850 on the heel. So I guess you had to level 100, but I think you just leveled 100 by like playing the campaign. Right? I don't know. If... That 
needing the level for Sundial was different because like right on the heels of Shadowkeep, if you're not even going to play the campaign, like the campaign would have gotten you to 850, right? Wasn't Sundial 850? The entire game has no light level. Yeah, the game is like an entire strike environment. Yeah, but see, you just completely ignored everything I've been saying. You completely ignored everything I've been saying. Listen very carefully. There's entrance level content, a thousand level legendary lost sectors, and then there's Grandmaster Nightfalls, okay? Stop ignoring the back half to make a point that's irrelevant. You're ignoring the back half. I'm not saying that Legendary Lost Sectors should be 750. I'm not saying that they're that, that Grandmaster Nightfall should be 750. How on earth can you keep ignoring that point? There is spectrum of content. I'm not taking anything away from you. You're taking things away from everybody else. You're taking away from ent- from like low level entrance, you know, more casual, I'm not high enough power level players. You're taking that away from them. Why? You're already above the level of the public space content. You're again arguing for a pain point that you glide over. And all it does is gatekeep people out of the content. It doesn't make any sense. If I was sitting in this chair arguing that legendary lost sectors should be 750, public spaces should be 750, and Grandmaster Nightfalls should be 750, well then yeah, that's an incredibly stupid thing for me to argue for. Just flattening out the entire game and getting a, and getting complete just completely removing the need to level. I'm not arguing for that. I'm arguing that the entrance level every season should be just doable by everybody. Just enjoy it. Now, some of this might help if there was difficulty spectrum. Like if Sundial would have been 750, and then, the, and then the difficulty one that landed a while later would have been a little bit longer and a little bit harder. Sure, they haven't quite figured out difficulty spectrum because the content only lasts for three months. A legendary uh, solo player can't just waltz into a legendary lost sector or hard nightfall. Spectrum implying needing a fire team is weird too. No, it doesn't absolutely not flame for the last five years the farther up you go on the spectrum the less matchmaking there is it's always been that way public space no need for a fire team strikes match made nightfall raids you need a team it's always been that way this team has taught the community for five years that if you go up the spectrum of content eventually you hit a wall where you need a fire team you're in the end you're at you're at legendary lost sectors you're in a nightfall you're in trials you're in a raid it's been like this for five years the community has been taught for years that bottom run content can be played just solo match made easy breezy no problem as you go up that hierarchy you need a fire team like it's the system is harmonious and logical and the 980 just comes in and is like not me (laughs) haha what is this I, it's it's only the one piece it's just the one piece Bob that skipped one ten dollar content drop can't play the next season he picks up because there's a hundred power difference how will he stay and enjoy it Ex- exactly that's exa- another great point you're forgetting that these are a la carte seasons Bungie's like hey a la carte seasons you can skip a season you can take a season off like I- <laughs> and then they come back and they're like yeah I spent my ten dollars what can I do you can go do two year old three year old content to level up wait what if you don't want to level up I don't know why you're playing this game oh it's all about the order 
if they came back to season of the worthy and they're like yo there's this new thing i'm getting this new currency i'm dumping in this bunker i'm getting new armor and guns this is pretty cool what else is there to do oh legendary lost sectors oh i'm not strong enough for that yet off the level yeah yeah yeah. off the level okay no worries you've got them now you've got them they're in you know they're they're, they want to play it's i'm just switching the order a little bit you know it's like i'm just saying here's a new activity enjoy it it's awesome there's all this other stuff back here too you're gonna probably have to level for it you're saying here's all the new content uh uh uh, no 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 huh no get out of here go go level get the frick out of here 850 get out of here you idiot go level What, what game you think this is like it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense I don't remember people being upset about Menagerie when the game surged you to 690 or whatever it was, but you're kind of ripping that out of a grander narrative, though, Flame. You're taking surge bounties in Menagerie and you're ripping that out of a, out of a narrative, a narrative that says surge bounties were a band-aid to a problem. Black Armory landed and did this and everyone hated it. And so you're putting a band-aid on a problem that has an easier solution. It's way easier just to say the new content's accessible to all and there's stuff beyond it that you have to level up for. You know? Like And listen, I know people are like go to the next question, go to the next question. It makes for really good content for me to sit here and go back and forth with somebody like Flame who will stay respectful. It's just fun to spar with somebody. Me and Flame are homies. Like, it's, it's just a good debate. It's good to spar. And I like this because Flame is speaking for a large portion of the people on Twitch and Reddit and the forums that, that don't see things the way that I see it. So it makes it good to have that clash of opinion. We didn't get surge bounties until Season of the Drifter, I thought. Yes, because the overwhelming majority of the players, listen, there was a statistic that got thrown out during Season of the season of the Forge where almost nobody was at the endgame power level going in. So no one was prepared for Season of the Forge. Everything was out of reach, and people freaking hated it. They showed up day one, and they're like, what is this? Like, I'm not strong enough for this yet. I've not been grinding my power level. I've just been kind of playing Destiny. I want to play the new content. So Bungie lowered the power level of the first Forge by a little bit, and then in Drifter they introduced Surge Bounties. They were like, oh, frick, the, the player base isn't leveling, right? Now, they solved that problem in an inadvertent way in Shadowkeep by saying, leveling's way easier now. Uh, uh, blues and purples will always drop at a negative 2 a negative two to a zero, right? They have a chance to drop at your level or two below. And then, uh, you know, your powerful sources can be used and you backfill, right? They they stream they streamlined the whole leveling process in Shadowkeep. Why? To solve the exact problem that surge bounties were trying to fix. Also, they solved it in another way. They added the artifact. As long as you're playing, right? As long as you're playing, you're leveling up. That's another way that they decided to address the leveling problem. So I don't think you can be like, no, we need surge bounties. It's like, no, 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 no. They solve this in two ways. The artifact is there to cushion and the leveling is practically automatic, you know? And all they have to do is reverse the order of entrance level content. You can play it. Everything else back here you have to level for. That's it. It's like reaching out of the content and saying, here's what you can do. It's like a handshake. Here's what you can do. Come in and play this. And then if you want to get back here, you have to level. That's all I'm asking for. Like, that's that's all I'm saying is that they don't need surge bounties. Leveling is better than it ever has been. I still think they need smart RNG. 
because it's frustrating to dedicate time to a milestone and get something that doesn't help you at all. So, fundamentally, I think we're on a pathway that doesn't require surge bounties. Does this conversation happen if the public event was 960 or 70? Yes, it does, because there's still going to be people... Listen, I, I would wonder what the statistic is, Flame, of the of the community going in. How, ma- how much of the community was at 950? How much? Because 960 was pinnacle, wasn't it? Was it 60? No, 970 was. I'm curious how much of the community was at or above 950. What percentage? Because I still think most of the player base was low 900s. I just don't think that they were leveling. Like, if you're not running milestones, you're not going to be gap filling. Like, if you want to level effectively, you kind of have to pay attention to what's going on. So, I think we need surge back pretty adamantly. If they're doing a 40 bump every season, Flame, you're probably right, but I think there's a better solution. Surge can help everybody catch back up and then be like, oh, I'm kind of ready. And personally, if they did that flame, I would say do surge and then the public event should have been set at 950, 960. Wherever surge gets them, if it gets them to 950, 960, that's just what the public event should have been set at. Okay? So do your surge bounties. It isn't going to take you long. Get your gear. Now you're leveled up. Boom. Check out the new content. You're off to the races. I think that's totally fine. But I think there's a better solution. You make the entrance point just anybody can play it it's just at the 750 it's just for fun it's just like oh yeah come play this and then beyond that is the stuff to level up for and if leveling was more streamlined and had smart rng we wouldn't be even having this discussion because if you're just picking up blues and purples you're just leveling if it's more of a linear leveling process i think surge bounties just feel chintzy and transactional they just feel chintzy and transactional it's like well, you didn't level, so here's some stuff to go through. You know what I mean? Three hours argue, three hours later, and the argument's still going. It's actually only been about 20 minutes, but, you know, I expected you in that time period to become more intelligent, and you didn't, so I'm very disappointed in you. Sit in time out. Damon Gaming. Do you think Destiny has gotten way too complicated for its grinding loop? Everything worth doing seems balls to the wall, asks so much from the player. I understand having aspirational endgame, but do you think we're missing a middle ground between the casual and the hardcore? I think the biggest issue is that the endgame, they haven't quite figured it out yet. So when Luke Smith says they need to refuel, um, he wants to refuel aspirational content. Um... I would say that includes retooling what Endgame looks like. I personally don't think that they're... I don't know. I I don't feel like a ton of negative modifiers in a power delta is is it. That doesn't feel like it it. You know what I mean? That doesn't feel like... That doesn't feel like the... Oh, that's the the pinnacle of Endgame. You know what I mean? This guy sure rages and shouts a lot for SNTR as a slogan. I mean... In general, rage is uncontrolled anger. If me raising my voice and getting passionate is like, that's your version of rage, then I I don't know if this is on Twitch, but you might want to see if there's like people playing with blocks in like a safe space, happy room with pretty music and coloring books. Maybe somebody's streaming that since you're too sensitive. If my voice going up and getting passionate is rage, 
I don't know if the internet or even this stream is a good place for you. If you're that scared, I mean, you might be wearing a diaper. Maybe that's where all the diapers are going in the grocery stores. You're wetting yourself every time I raise my voice. I, you know, see if there's a safe place stream somewhere. I think the end game's just lopsided, right? It's just like, oh man, let's go do let's go do some challenging content. It's like 12, 12 negative modifiers. Oh, what? A thousand sixty power? What? Like, who wants to do that, right? You know? <laughs> Chat really liked that roast. Sorry. Sorry, dude. I didn't mean to body you like that, but I get sick of that. I get sick of that joke. I get sick of that sideswipe cheap criticism from the chat. Jay Portier. Do you think they will ever move away from the heavy bounty grinding? Luke Smith indicated that there'll be more of a balance between activity and bounties in the future. He was specifically talking about XP, but I think they're going to... I think they... Uh, they gave us too much of a good thing you know it was like oh we want bounties can you give us bounties and they're like bounties bag it up yeah bring it in beep beep like yeah here here we go you ready and they just poured bounties on the game um and i think we're like okay wait a minute we can't breathe it's it's just, it's all bounties help like i think they're gonna lighten that up a bit or make them more effective first and foremost I think the quantity of bounties is actually fine. It's the quality of the bounties that's the problem. I said the other day, if they made two changes to the bounties, number one, they should all be like the ones we presently have, completed in PvE or PvP, right? There's two ways to complete it. That is brilliant. Thank you. The chef's kiss. You can you can be leveling up your bunkers and getting your bunker bounties done in Crucible if you want. That is absolutely fantastic for the people that want to play Crucible. They don't have to like now some of it's pretty specific, like kill guardians with linear fusions and stuff. Maybe they need to tone it down a little bit. But the second thing they need to do with bounties is you or your fire team. For the love of frick, can we get that? Please. Like you're just driving everybody into lost sectors. The minute I go somewhere where there's other guardians and I'm working on bounties, I, I I get agitated. I'm like, I try to get a grenade kill and you just killed that whole group. Like, I would, that would have been six people. Come on. Like, you you just end up tilting people because and then, and then they're getting mad at somebody for doing the right thing. Yeah, come on, Jerry. Can you stop shooting the ads and being a good player? I'm trying to get a bounty done. Like, you or your fire team. Like, make them shared. Now, I understand people are like, well, what about AFKing? The, the AFKing wouldn't be a problem because as long as I'm next to the players, I'm getting the assist credits and that would, that would be credited to my bounty. If I'm like running in a circle looking at the ground because I rubber banded my controller, well, that's not going to count because my, my teammates are going to move forward and be getting kills that I won't get credit for. So you, you or your fire team and then giving the PVP, PVP option, PVE, PVP option. That, I think, would make people think less about them. You'd grab them, and you just go run the activity with your buddies. Oh, yeah, I gotta use some arc weapons. I gotta use some sidearms or whatever. You know? it's. I understand people are like, well, I don't want to change my entire loadout. It's like, well, you know, if you change your loadout to a sidearm, and your buddy's running a bow, and you're both getting the you or your fire team credit, yeah, you're off to the races. Just go into strikes and get your bounties done. You know? Is even AFKing that big of a deal? They only get artifact power levels, which is turned off in trials. 
uh, Legion list, they get the entire currency that is the means by which you level up a bunker, which is the means by which you have an efficient season. So yes, AFKing bounties is a big deal. It sounds like you want to AFK bounties. <laughs> sounds like you're like, well, wait a minute, Lono, I want to AFK bounties. I love where your head's at, but I want to AFK. No, AFKing would be bad. You don't want people AFKing the bounties. Um, that's what happened with the forges. People AFKed the forges, and they just got the currency all day, all you know, and they completely invalidated the the, the seasonal grind. Um, oh, the other thing they need to do: bounties are not harmonious right now. So the weekly from Zavala always has the wrong elements. Go and run strikes. It's a solar burn week, and Zavala's like, "What does it mean to be a guardian? Uh, get get arc kills this week." And you're like, "What?" Zavala, you idiot. It's a solar burn. Why are you making me get arc kills? And it's like 150. So you got to spend, you know, you, you're, you, <laughs> there's no harmony there. There's no harmony. Let me get arc kills during a solar week. What? And then the gunsmith's like, oh, I know the flashpoints on IO, but uh, can you go get kills on Titan? What? Like make the, <laughs> give the bounties some harmony. I think if they said, we're going to add some harmony uh, to the bounties. We're going to add a shared aspect to the bounties. We're going to tweak the XP down a little bit so you're driven into activities and the bounties themselves are going to be more of a... Uh, they're going to be more synchronistic with the activities and playing with the fire team. I think people would get over it. They'd be like, yeah, bounties are fine. Bounties are just hitting you from every angle. They're very specific. The quantity of the kills are sometimes really, really high. 150 art kills and three strikes doesn't line up i'm not going to get 150 arc kills i might get 50 or 60 arc kills if i kill literally everything with arc through the entire strike right and if i do that i might get 150 after three but then i'm running an arc gun in a non-arc burn week so i feel like an idiot it's like if this was solar i'd be ripping through these guys um i don't know bounties hit us from so many angles they're more ideal by yourself the quantity is really really high they're really really specific and so you end up you end up interacting with in, in such a way that that's why people don't like them now they've kind of come in and they've kind of like a wedge it's like this giant wedge in the game right now it's like what do i do all day i go and do bounties by myself and like anybody want to pop bounties come and join me and we're like hi how are you click 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 thanks for the xp I'll see you in 20 minutes. It's like this wedge in the community. Like nobody's playing, nobody's playing together. Um, it's, you know, it, I don't think they're going to ignore this, by the way. I think they're aware of, of the problem. It's one of those things where they brought a value to the game and I, they brought a value point to the game. And it, just, it hasn't been refined quite yet. It's almost like Bungie doesn't care. No, they care. Luke Smith indicated in his director's cut, they're well aware of people being, you know, not happy with the status of bounties. But you have to understand something. We're in year three, okay? So they all got together and they said, this is what we're going to do for year three. And so you got team A, B, and C working on the seasons, winter, spring, and summer. And you got the sandbox team and you got the, the, the world team and, you know, team working on the bounty design and all that. And you basically develop a cookie cutter 
Okay, this is kind of what we want the grind to look like with the bounties and the grind. So that's why the obelisks and the bunkers feel similar. They come up with concepts and ideas and they kind of cookie cutter it in each season. So there's a theme and a feel and an ethos for year three. Okay, so those teams go and they start developing, right? And then you get to the end of Shadowkeep and you're like, man, oh man, Bungie, the freaking the bounty, it's just, just bounties and bounties and bounties and bounties. And you get into Season of Dawn. Oh, it's just bounties and, ba- and bounties and bounties, man. What is going on? Can you guys change this? And Luke Smith kind of comes down. And he's like, all right, listen, we we see the lack of aspiration. We see that there's a, a heavy emphasis on bounties. Uh, we're looking to change those things in year four. You, you can't suddenly midstream be like, hey, can all those teams that have been working for months, can you go back and reinvent and re-engineer and reverse engineer everything you've built? The bunker, the bounties, the the trajectory of how long it should take with the currency earn rate. We ran simulations to see how many currency you know pieces you could get in an hour. Can you re-engineer all that? Because people during Shadowkeep and Dawn didn't like it. And they'd be like, no, we can't do that. You told us back when we set the, the, the ethos and the trajectory for year three that this was the way forward and that's what we built. So that's why I think people need to kind of understand that like, when it takes forever to fix things, it's like, I, you don't want them to do that. You don't want them to do that. You don't want them to midstream re- go back and just destroy everything they worked on. They can refine it in the next year. You know, works on Eververse like crazy instead. Completely an ignorant and bankrupt comment. They're not doing that. I want you to do something for me if you think that. Go to collections and then click on equipment and then click on ghosts. And I want you to go to season three and I want you to see the absurd amount of ghosts they created for season three, which was a long time ago. And then look at season 10. And I want you to tell me that they're focusing like crazy on the Eververse. Do it with ships. Do it with sparrows. Go back, rewind the clock. Look at the absurd amount of items they made back then for the Eververse compared to now. And then and then try and tell me they're focusing too much on the Eververse every season. JD Gamer. Hey, Lono, what do you think Bungie should do with people wanting Bungie to bring pinnacles into the old raids in D2? Um, I think they're holding on to the old ones, right? I think they're holding on to the old ones. They are, they're, they're, the old raids will be repurposed later. So, not a fair comparison. Most of the ships and ghosts are just recolors and patterns. The point is, is they still created those items, and they also gave you way more Eververse items back then through RNG. The Eververse has gotten significantly better. Okay, I, st- I, 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 I ride both lines here. I think the Osiris ornaments that they created for the outbreak, the Ace of Spades, and the Colony. Those should have been in the flawless chest. I'm gonna I'm gonna link arm and arm with people who think that. But to act like, oh, they won't give us content and they're just focusing on the Eververse instead. Yeah, you're right. The art department that designs cosmetics and ornaments is 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 they could be working on amazing strikes and PvE experiences, but they just decide to make ornaments instead. They're different teams. The team that was working on this season was working on this season. They're not like pulling people off. Hey, Dave, um, I know you and your entire team is working on an amazing raid next season and the, and the community would really love it, but we really needed to make some ornaments and emotes instead because ghost projections and ornaments, we, we really need your engineering and development prowess on this. No, they have an art department that creates those ornaments. The people that design raids and activities, those developers aren't even the same people. They're different teams. It's such a misunderstanding 
understanding of developmental bandwidth and triage within a company that size. They're not pulling from teams that could be making you great content and making Eververse. It's not even remotely accurate. Mythic. Do you think that there should be matchmaking for Legendary Lost Sectors because the reason that I'm not grinding for Fourth Horseman is that you have to do Legendary Lost Sectors and I'm a solo player. You can grind the public event too to get them. Um, I personally think they should have done matchmaking for the Legendary Lost Sectors, but I think they did a little bit of a copy pasta with Adventures and Adventures don't have matchmaking. So that's possibly why you don't get matchmaking. I wish they would have given it to you. Um... You'd have had to do a minimum light requirement, though, because I don't feel like carrying some some numbskull at 890 that doesn't belong in there. You'd have to do a minimum light requirement to do matchmaking. You can also get them from clearing the bunker every day. Well, that's one that's once a day. That's not really a grind for the catalyst. Uh, Dan Papa. If they're going to do the 50 bump every season, would it be a good idea to bring the soft cap to the bottom tier events? Then use powerful and pinnacles for less leveling. Yeah, I mean, whatever you do, listen, I don't care how you do it. I fight for the user. I play for the user. I don't care how you do it. I want people who bought the season to be able to play the new stuff day one. That's what I want. Because that's good for them and that's good for the game. I'm not taking away from aspirational hardcore players when I ask for that. I don't. The bunker's still there as a long grind and you still have legendary lost sectors and you still have, um, and you still have the uh, Grandmaster Nightfalls. There's still aspirational stuff for you to do. I just think the entrance point should always be, I don't care how you get there, just get there. If, hey, welcome to the new season, here's the new stuff. Oh, sweet, how can I play it? The answer to that question should be, it's not that hard, just do, I don't want Surge Bounties back, but at least Surge Bounties be like, oh, just do Surge Bounties, then you can play it. Oh, that's not that bad. That's not that bad. But being like, oh, you're, you're 930? Oh, man, pff, good luck. You, you got a ways to go, you know? You took it easy last season. Or you skipped the season. <laughs> Good luck, Mr. A la carte. Um, I've missed so many subs. Buddha time with 14 months. Two months from Moros. Dave with two months. A brand new one from No Plan Dan. And a brand new one from Just a Catch 22. Thank you for the brand new subs. Enjoy the dope badge emotes and the ad free viewing. 26 months from SG Miller. Lono plays for the user, but still wears the red hoodie. Lies. I'm I'm a I'm a redeemed I'm a redeemed Tron. Whatever. Do you think uh, the lackluster, frustrating aspects of the season are because the majority of the live crew was doing trials and the PVE stuff was just tapped? No, I don't think so. No. I I don't think the team working on trials would have been working on the PVE. I think they're separate teams. Again, I don't I don't think that's how that works. I don't think that's how that works. I, oh, hey, you guys did a bang-up job with uh, you know all that PvE stuff. You want to come over here and help us out with Trials? I don't think so. I think the Crucible team worked on Trials. Uh, Neckin. Do you think the disconnect between PC and console has widened or has it decreased with a new season? I don't know what you mean by disconnect. Enzian. Is just getting one thing in the second week of content good for the future of drip feed content over the season? I think it works because right now, if you're a hardcore player, you can be saving up tokens for the next bunker. If you're not a hardcore player, you can be finishing up the first bunker. And I think both of those are completely fine things to do in week two. And we got an exotic as for something, you know, to, to do and to check out. Eric, 
With EDZ being Cabal Fallen, Focus Planet, Moon being High Fallen, and IO being Cabal Taken Vex, can you see the Seraph Tower event on the Moon and IO rotating between those enemies? I sure. I'm not. I've not really given it any thought. All wheezy. Since Grandmaster Nightfalls have all those negative modifiers, would it be fair to allow players to target farm exotics, seeing how painful the modifiers look? I said they should let us do this with Zer All wheezy, and and make you run the Nightfall to do it. If I already have shards of Galanor, I should be able to go to Zer and buy a shards of Galanor boon that is only active in 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 like the highest level of Nightfalls. Maybe not Grandmaster, for frick's sake. That's so high, but maybe, I don't know. And then every time you complete it, you get shards. So you can farm for a good roll of shards of Galanor. Like, I already have shards of Galanor. Let me farm for a good one. And I think that's better than than Glass Needles. Uh, yo, yo, so y- Yalva. Uh, do you know when they are going to fix the new hunter exotic? No, they haven't said. Egyptian Joe. If already answered, uh, sorry if already answered, do you think that the Seraph Towers is Bungie experimenting with seasonal content taking place in the open world instead of being match-made activity? Uh, since right now farming bits is better in strikes and towers. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's an experiment. I mean, truth be told, I think every time Bungie does something, there it's laden with some level of an experiment because they're always tracking the numbers. Leveling and fusion, uh, how many people play an activity, how many people leave the activity, fail, rage quits. Um, I think there's plenty of, I think there's plenty of uh, proof that they do this with virtually every activity that they roll out. They're like, hey, here's something new, and then back in the background, they'll talk about it later and indicate that they are looking at the data points. So I think they kind of do this all the time. Pinoy, do you think allowing us to land with more than three people to do the Seraph Tower would be a good idea? I think it's fine as a three. Just make it match made. Click fire. Do you think Bungie could add more variety to activities by having different versions of them on rotation? Kind of like how they reprise unique versions of strikes for exotic weapons and solstice. Um... We'll have to wait and see what Luke Smith has in mind, but I mean, I could see them doing something like this with strikes, and here's what I thought they could do. Do we know how many total strikes there are in the game right now? Is it, is it 12? I can never remember the total number. It might be even higher than that. It might be closer to 15, because um, there's a couple on each planet. I don't know what the total number of strikes is. I'm just sort of stalling right now to see if chat knows the total. Uh, somebody's saying 17. Let's go with 16. Let's go with 16. 16 is a great number because you can break it up into four seasons and four four strikes each season. So, and this is just in the strike playlist. So you could have a seasonal strike playlist and for, in September, for that entire season, there's four strikes in that seasonal strike playlist and there's modifiers, maybe there's scorch cannons everywhere, or, like, remember with the snowballs? There's SIVA charges everywhere, there's different things going on, there's different modifiers, right? And you have a reason to be in that playlist that's not attached to the specific strikes, but it's attached to Zavala. So there's not, like, a danger of at the end of the season when they rotate out, like, oh no, I can't get the thing that I want from Arms Dealer. You know, if you're still wanting to go for strike-specific loot, that's rotating in the Nightfall Hopper. This would be, like, a seasonal strike playlist, these four on rotation. By the end of the season, you're kind of like, alright, I'm done with that playlist. I'm done. Okay? Winter season hits. 
four different strikes land in the seasonal strike playlist you got different things going on different modifiers maybe things like daybreak that are really fun again siva charges are all over the place or 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 uh scorch cannons or or swords and that adds that feeling of like it's fresh it's new it's different or whatever so what that would do is, is it would keep it fresh You're like oh I forgot about this strike oh this strike's new and different oh it feels so different now like and it's not sick all 16 strikes just at random and then during that time you're like getting a couple of the same ones over and over again anyway um so this wouldn't hurt nightfall specific loot being gone for and this wouldn't hurt the nightfall ordeal this would be a new way to treat the strike playlist it would be you know four strikes for that season that have been kind of retooled that's more reasonable too from a developmental standpoint like you tell okay hey you're your team a and you're working on the winter season here are the four strikes you need to go through and kind of re-engineer and, and dress up and make cooler and fresher and new and blah 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 oh your team b you're working on the spring season okay here are the four strikes you need to do work on so they would feel new and they would feel fresh the playlist would be a little bit smaller but then you would have this sense of every season almost like new strikes landing in the game um that was an idea I came up with on the Rageous Roundtable of how to do it uh Ben do you think mechanics from public events like Seraph Tower would be more complex and go away from the nowadays common mechanics of ball throwing? What would you like to see in future public events? I think them being simple is good. I think ball throwing is getting old. I would love to see Scorch Cannons and Siva Charges return. Well, Siva Charges are balls. I would love to see Scorch Cannons or the, the Valkyrie be used in a mechanical way. I know you can summon the Valkyrie, but that's what I think would be cool. Could we team up with Siva? I don't think so. Remorse. I missed the talk, so my apologies. What would you rather they have done instead of the tower? Personally, I was a little exhausted of menagerie-esque activities and was not upset to have it back with the lack of matchmaking. Well, but the lack of matchmaking from this event has left a sour taste. Well, I think that the content's good, but I do think the lack of matchmaking and the power delts is my main issue with it. I also said earlier... The reason I think, in some respect, Vex Offensive and, and and Sundial are better is because you move from one thing to the next and they're different. In this, you go from a tower to 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 a tower. And you're like, man, this is getting monotonous. It There's no variety. In, in, the, uh, in the Sundial, like every... Every everything was different. Every every next thing was a little bit different than the last. I mean, there was something with like the hammer of dawn in it. So, mythic, uh, please don't use Q and A to do that. If everybody did what you just did, you're gonna clutter up Q and A with questions that aren't questions. Um, I know you're trying to be nice, or people try to be funny with joke questions. We just cannot allow that because it's just gonna completely clutter up Q and A. I already answer a lot of questions. You're gonna double the length of my Q and A if I let you do that. Because if I let you do it, then other people are gonna do it as well. It's your boy uh, says nothing too heavy, uh, nothing too heavy here. But do you also think that Bungie needs to step it up in rewards in terms of armor because people are beginning to look the same? I'm wondering if I'm the only one that feels that Destiny is losing the feel that everyone looking unique. I don't think anybody looks the same at all. I don't know what you are talking about. I, I actually think this is the most variety I've ever seen in what we look like. I don't know. I do you think everybody looks the same? Now, if listen, if everybody gravitates to the new the new um the new ornaments, well, okay. I mean, if everybody gravitated towards these new Saint 14 ornaments last season, 
What are you going to do about that? They're cool. What, are you going to make people not like the new stuff? We have way more freedom over our appearance than we ever have before. I can come in here and make this chess piece look like so many different things. Like we got low-level transmog right now. You know? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I see a lot of people in the public space that don't look anything like me. They don't look anything like me. I've seen people look like they climbed out of a trash can. I look like I I see people that look like they're ready to run the runway. I mean, we can just sample my roster right now. Uh I don't look anything like that. Flames running a bunch of OG stuff. I guess he's grinding Gambit. Uh let's look at Clintus. I mean I Clintus looks like he look look he is literally just equipping highest light, I think. He looks awful. Uh don't tell him I said that. That is that is bad. That's pretty bad. Oh, I've got nothing but black names. So I can't, I can't, I can't inspect anybody else. Lightly, isn't part of the allure of open spaces and RPGs meeting world bosses or hidden areas that are above level and give the player a feeling of, oh cool, I'm not strong enough for this, I want to return here later. What's different about the new public events? The difference is that this is Destiny, and for the last five years that has not been true. If, listen, if people, if people want that, that's fine, but I don't think the time is now in a $10 season. I just don't think so. I also think you could get what you want with world tiers if the public, if, if they had dedicated servers and the community was large enough to support world tiers. You could get what you want. Yo, these public events are so different on world tier 3. Holy crap, the bosses are bigger and harder. Yeah, that guy doesn't even show up on world tier 1. Holy moly, this is different up here. I just don't think Destiny's ever been this way to sort of suddenly ham fist this like MMO feel into the game like yeah dude there's just crazy world bosses and you're gonna get annihilated I don't think now's the time to do that it's a $10 season that's supposed to just be kind of like stretching out the hobby and giving us stuff to do you know I I think there's room for what you're saying but I don't think right now is the time and I don't even know if this is the way to do it you know it's one of those things where I think if, if they're gonna do this I, I I would say there are other there are other pathways uh, to getting it done so I don't know why you're telling me to check my Twitter I'm not seeing anything uh, jigsaw what about if Bungie leveled everyone's gear to the previous season's powerful cap? So yeah, just dragging everybody up. The only problem with that is you really invalidate the power grind. It's like, hey, congratulations, you power grinded. We're gonna basically make everybody your power level next season. So like, it, I don't, I don't think that's the right call either. You do it one of two ways. You either make it to where people can level up instantly with bounties, so that at least they have to do something, or make the entrance stuff just at the at the level of what what's supposed to be there. Oh, a leak. You okay? Competitive spirit robes, warlock universal ornament. Equip this ornament on any year three legendary armor set to change its appearance. Once you get a universal ornament, it's unlocked for all characters of the relevant class in your account. I don't understand how that's a leak. It looks like the game is glitch. It's like pink. Competitive spirit robes. Isn't that? Oh, that's the that's the stuff. That's like the year one stuff. It looks like it's coming back in some way. I think you found a, um, you know, that's probably from, that's probably from Guardian Games. You found an ornament for Guardian Games because it's even got the yellow on the Warlock. It's reminiscent of the year one armor that was yellow for the Warlock, uh, blue for the Hunter and red for the Titan. And since it says competitive spirit, I would say you found a, um, you found an ornament 
that is going to probably drop in the game for Guardian Games. Just to catch 22. Do you view expansion content and seasonal content differently? Would uh, would you have been okay with the light gating of content if this would have been related in September, released in September? I personally like the challenges, but I 100% understand why this is a frustration for $10 content. Well, I just think it's different when you do an expansion uh, just to catch. They did it in Forsaken. You had a you, you had a process. You had a story, all those adventures, all those barren fights, the Tangled Shore, and then you got to the Dreaming City and you're like, oh wow, I might want to spend some time leveling before coming back here that's totally fine guess what there's all this stuff behind you that you can go do you want to hang out on the tangled shore you want to run the adventures you want to run the lost sectors that's all new stuff there's new strikes that's totally fine that's a runway of like hey do all this and then yeah then you can start to take off and level up and go into the dreaming city this is basically being like can you imagine how bad forsaken would have been if they're like hey welcome to forsaken uh, you're going to touch down in the Dreaming City and everything is either a sword or a skull and it's really hard. Uh, so you're basically going to be motivated to leave the Dreaming City and go run old content to level up first. Go run your strikes and your, you know, your crucible and your gambit. And people have been like, what? Why am I, why, why am I doing this? I don't want to do that. I, I want to play. So the Dreaming City on the front end would have been weird. It would have been like, why are you making me do this? It wasn't on the front end. It was staggered in a, in a spectrum and a trajectory of experience where you got there and we're like, oh, okay, it's kind of rough. I'm going to leave and come back, you know, but you had done, look how much you did before you got there, you know, Shadowkeep did the same thing. Welcome to Shadowkeep. Here's stuff to do. Cutscenes and experiences and the moon and nightmare hunts were, you know, were at a, a reasonable level at their, at their, at their entrance. You know, it, it went all the way up four levels. Uh, to me, it's more, what I'm arguing for is more consistent. It's like that they've done it like this for a while. I don't know why all of a sudden people are like, well, no, no, no. The entrance point should make you level up. Why? Like, what? What are you talking about? It's not been like that before. And when it was like that before, people complained. That's what happened with the Black Armory Forges. Max Snap says, "What do you think about rotating the Pinnacle Drop uh, raid weekly?" I mean, I can get behind that. I think the old raids are being held on to. They're gonna, there's gonna be an age of triumph in Destiny Three. I'm sorry, in Destiny Two, probably as a lead into Destiny Three. But I, so I think they're holding on to those old raids for that. I'll give you some some hope here, though. They did say in the middle of this season they're going to expand on the sources for pinnacle drops. So like strikes and crucible and other places are going to become a source for pinnacle drops because I think they're just trying to empower people to climb that final ten, likely because of Grandmaster. Ginger 300. This hotfix has added a new hidden triumph to the almighty title. Could this maybe be linked to a secret cabal chain gun, exo- the chain gun exotic? Yeah, maybe. Um, a new hidden triumph to the almighty title. It's possible. Um, if I go to exotic collections, just to see, and go to power, yeah, there's no spot for it. There's no spot for the chain gun. Uh, I'm convinced that, I'm convinced at this point that there will be a secret hidden dungeon that's like a it, it's like a bunker and we're gonna find like a boss and like a blueprint and we're gonna build the cabal um oh what's it called slug thrower I, I think we saw that in the trailer they're in the trailer they show a guardian using the cabal slug thrower I don't think it's a relic I think it's an exotic I think there's a hidden exotic dungeon this season um so 
a fourth bunker that's like that, I think that's the case. Because that green bunker, have we gone to the moon? Do we know? We should go to that spot on the moon right now and see if that section of the moon has a spot for it. Um, it's in the Hellmouth. There's a green spot on the moon in that under area. I wonder if there's already a spot there for a bunker. Like something on the ground that clearly is going to open. I wonder if they preemptively put that there. Because the tower event's there, but the tower event's not in an area where it's all green. Because uh, th- there were the pictures on the uh, on the Bungie.net website. And that like area where there's like the green, IO has one as well. Is it that green on IO? Is there a spot for a bunker on IO? Alright, so it's in Archer's Line? No, no, no. Archer's Line... Oh no, Anchor of Lights of Tower. So you're saying in Archer's Line there's a place for the bunker. Alright, hang on. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. I'm going to contain this in Q&A so people watching the video can see what I'm talking about. I believe over in the Hellmouth, there's a lower area that's like super green. There's no cabal on the moon. I mean, that we know about. Okay, so it is... Yeah, it's over... Where's the area with the green? Is it down here? Oh, it's behind me. Sorry, I missed it. Yeah, down in there. There is a picture on the website that looks like sort of like one of these areas very green and under sort of underground and there's a giant opening for a bunker in the trailer there were cabal on the moon i think so i this spot right here i want to do a side-by-side comparison on the picture on bungie.net i think i'm going to add end q a so we can do that so because that was the last question anyway if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live uh and the people that are here right now be sure to click follow if you've enjoyed this segment i'm going to keep streaming so we can compare this picture and as always please like share and subscribe